Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Living the dream once again on a fabulous Saturday. It is Fox Football Saturday. Hartman and Papinga coming alive from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, Brady, here we are on a beautiful Saturday. Jim Harbaugh about to lose his job. <laughs> Let me ask Did you, you say this. John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh? I said both. Well, no, oh. Jim John Harbaugh is good after a forty nothing blowout over Miami. But well, he lost his quarterback. He did lose, and his he was quarterback. freaking out because I think the first thing he thought was, "Oh my gosh, my job, my job! I may lose my job." But how about if uh, Michigan were to lose at home to Rutgers today? What do you think? No big deal. Patience. Stay the course. Stay the course. The Jim course is, is going in the wrong way. Third hey, highest paid coach in college football, Jim Harbaugh, cycle. fired. It's a business cycle. It's like the economy. You, you know, you've done economics, right? You took those economic classes. I did. I got one of the it first in. things. Yeah, one of the first things you learn is, is there's, there's cycles. You got the upswings, which are the prosperity. Then you got the downswings, which are the recessions. And if the recessions are so deep and big, they become depressions. But what always happens just like in, what, 2007, 2008? Oh, we come back up. And I anticipate the same thing will happen to Jim in Michigan. It's all good. The world's not on fire. They, I mean, I'm not saying, like, they don't need to make changes. He's got to make changes. But he's not the guy you need to change. He's probably got to make some changes. I would say first would be with his offensive coordinator. That has to be an issue because they're struggling scoring points. Their defense is, like, the best in the country. Yeah, but wouldn't but you think a guy like mm. Jim Harbaugh, a former NFL quarterback, Michigan quarterback legend, could get a good quarterback to go to Michigan? This old corn guy is terrible. Well, he doesn't run, like, this true quarterback sexy offense that attracts all the quarterbacks from the country that are drop-back guys that want to go out and put up big numbers. They want to have have spread formations. They want to work with tempo. They want to have things simple. 
they don't want to work with two backs usually because that means you got to get under center. You got to do a little bit more footwork. You got to actually turn your back to the defense, which for some kids when they're in college, like the best college or the best high school quarterbacks are the ones that are in the spread formation in shotgun looking at the defense all the time. If all of a sudden you ask them to come up to Michigan and take a ball under center and turn your back to the defense, they're going to be like, what? I have to turn my back to. Well, if you don't have a quarterback, look, you've got to be. be, Look, how many college football teams are successful with a below par quarterback? Not many. Ohio State back when they won the national championship. Well, but was that guy's name Craigle or something? Cardale Jones? (laughs) No, I'm talking like even before that. I'm talking like way, way, way back. Well, all right, that was was his name Craigle or something like that. They won like 14. There are a few exceptions though. When a Michigan, Michigan actually's had some pretty decent quarterbacks over the years. I don't know. You ever hear Tom Brady? Tom Brady's pretty good. Not bad. Bad, yeah, but uh, Greasy wasn't bad. I mean, I'm just although he's an shocked. idiot. They have no offense, and Rutgers is hanging in this game seven all right now. So we're going to keep our. I have to. Eye I, have to, on I, have to that. I have to. I have to continue on something. Brian Greasy, yes. I thought was the biggest idiot. I played against that guy, mm-hmm. and when he was with the Chicago Bears, and uh, basically he had he he basically disrespected me beyond belief. Really? Yeah. This is how Brian he Brian Greasy. So I was covering the tight end named Dismond Bishop. Yes. And it was the second time we'd faced the Bears in 06. The first time, they killed us. They they sh- they, they they shut us out at home in Lambeau. And that Desmond Bishop guy had like, I don't know, you could look at the stats. I think he had like seven catches for like 130 yards. I had to guard him like the majority of the day. So we played in the second time. They thought, oh, we're just going to throw it to him. We don't even care if Brady's looking at the ball or not. We still think we're going to complete passes. And so there's one play, and literally all, all Desmond did was run up the seam. The easiest pass, you know, easiest route to cover known to history of man. And I'm just following him. I'm right on his hip. And I turn around, and Brian Greasy panics and just throws the ball. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? You're just going to throw the ball up. And so I go to, like, pick it off. It just, you know, tips off my hands. And I didn't get the pick, but I was like, Brian Greasy. Are Brian you Greasy. freaking kidding me? So How when you, when you hear him doing games, he's a Oh, he's punk. fine. No, a he's punk. fine. He's fine. It was just that one moment I was like, dude, are you kidding me? I was like, you got to, like, read the defense. You just can't, like, go back. Oh, first game of the year. Yeah. Desmond Bishop had, like, seven catches. I'm just going to throw it to him. You realize Brian Greasy is the reason why Tom Brady had to sit for a while at Michigan. Because Brian Greasy was was pretty good. good. They won, you know, that uh, national championship, championship, I think it was at the time. That was national championship. It was okay. They yeah. were good. I yeah. mean, I was. I thought I would. They were impressive. They well, Charles, Charles Woodson, Woodson was, was the team. best player in the country, and there's no question about that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but Michigan's gonna be. Look, Jim, they're, Hart, they're not good. I mean, look at them. They they're have going no to offense. be though. I'm saying they're going to be. You're right. This is their problem. They have to get Jim Harbaugh. This is what I think he's he's running into. I'm going to tell you that what happened to a lot of these guys. Jim Harbaugh when he's in San Francisco. Guess what he was able to do. Be a head coach. Yes. Which was he'd confront the media every so often. Then he'd go back there with his offensive guys, and he would come up with strategies, and you know they'd go into free agency and maybe pick up a guy here and there, and they make sure their guys are good. Now at Michigan, do you know how much more of a responsibility he has? He has to go to like a All right, meetings, let me ask you something, Booster then. club meetings. Let's say he's that. He's got a recruit. I mean, come on. He's spending the night at his he, recruit's house on the road. He's getting a lot of heat right now at Michigan. Let's say this. At the end of the year, uh, the Cleveland Browns say, come back to the NFL. Oh, I wouldn't take that job. Unless, well, I mean, unless, you said Jim Harbaugh has proven wherever he's gone oh, before I'm, Michigan, he can turn a loser into no, a I'm, winner. No, I'm saying I, if I'm Jim Harbaugh and they called, I'm like, well, I, I'd immediately, my first thought, I'm not taking it unless. Well, you got the first pick in the draft, well, maybe. On. Unless you give me 
unless you give me full executive decision making ability, yes, and I can pick my own GM. If that's the case, then I'll make it. I'll make it happen. If All that right, happened, so let's say this: the, the Browns would be pretty sweet. Well, the Browns had a chance at Carson Wentz. They passed on him. He's now like it the league's MVP. But it wouldn't have worked out if he would have gone to Cleveland. So you so. think Wentz let's would just have throw still that been, one out? All right. So because well, they can't receive, they don't have a structure in place to receive quarterbacks. All right, so let's say Jim Harbaugh comes in and they said, "All right, you got the first pick. Pick who you want." Boom. You're going to take Sam Darnold still, the 39th-rated quarterback in the country? He could do it. He's the number one pick in the draft. It. I don't feel good about that anymore. Kaiser is terrible. Isn't no, it amazing? Kaiser's great. Kaiser, look how much better Notre Dame is now they rid themselves of Kaiser. That wasn't Kaiser's they were problem. Forward. Kaiser's the guy that Brian said Kelly. he has the lowest passer rating in the history of the NFL. Yeah, it was Brian. Well, this because, again, they don't have a structure in place but there But he said Cleveland he was going to be the next to bring Tom in Brady. He said he, I, he still could be. I, he's not going to be Tom Brady. There's he's very out possible there, that he could be. He's drinking at bars the night before a game. This guy's is that true? Of, they had video of him. Well, I mean, the night before? Yeah. That's concerning. I didn't know that. Well, and, and then his response was, "Well, you, don't even worry. Don't off. worry about my private life. That's my <laughs> private life." Well, you're saying the exact night before the game. If that's the case, that's that's not good. He's not focused. He's uh, yeah. He's not going to be good. Okay. But I, I've I've, Notre I've Dame seen was enough four out and eight him. with him last year. Look at Notre Dame out. But I've seen Kaiser. enough with Kaiser that he has the the, the foundation. That if he had mm, somebody that could develop the game. Exactly. Exactly. But I just, you're not I don't committed to it. You're I don't know gonna... that much about like him in the mental game. It, what I've seen so far into my short sample size and these little glimpses on TV when I'm watching, I think he's pretty dang let good. Me, let me give you the mental game of uh, Carson Wentz. He's there at 5 a.m. every day. Yeah. Wentz is like one of those over-the-top Peyton Manning type guys. You know, he gets there at the crack of dawn before yeah, the sun comes up. but it wouldn't help him if he was at five, getting there at 5 a.m. every day and you're filling him full of well, a bunch I mean, of crap because you don't know how to teach quarterbacks. Two years ago, the Eagles were not good. And now look at him. Well, his Best Doug record Peterson. in the NFL. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. Yeah. But, but it, again, He's got a structure in place that maximizes players' talents. Isn't it usually a marriage between a coach and a quarterback, teams that are successful? Yeah, but I look at Doug Peterson, and he's got a system in place to where I would – there would be a number of quarterbacks. I mean, I believe Sam Bradford would have been a functionally good quarterback there. Not as good as Carson because Carson's tough. Carson's got the playmaking ability. I right. mean, you saw him escape. I don't know how many times pressure throw to the corner of the end zone when he's getting cut in half by the uh, the defensive tackle. Yes. I mean, was precisely thrown. Usually guys, their accuracy goes out the window. That turns into like a disastrous interception. The guy's got skills that are way better than Sam well, you were big on Wentz. I was, you know, you know, you were hyping Wentz. up Wentz, and I, I was him. like, yeah. I mean, he barely played at North Dakota State. He he, he redshirted. He sat behind yeah, the like starter for two years. That was my thing. Yeah, I liked one that. full year as a starter at North Dakota State. But again, it wasn't. It, it, all right, so I'm going to go back to Harbaugh because here's the thing too. The best example of what I'm referring to in terms of a team having a structured place to receive a quarterback, yeah, is none other than Jared Goff. Okay, because we saw him in both. A situation where Absolutely. He, he, they didn't know what to do with him. So now all of a sudden they do. And I mean, he's like, he yeah. went from like looking like a guy that doesn't belong in the NFL now to where I would say he's for surely on track to be a pro bowler. Maybe if if he does some something to the next level, could even be in the conversation for the MVP. Like, that's how unbelievable. No. That's I how mean, unbelievable the and, culture and, and, is. Isn't it amazing how much Todd Gurley looks better now that Goff is oh, actually yeah. showing up? Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I was killing Les Snead last year, but I just as much as I was killing him, I got to give him praise this year. The moves he made in the offseason, I thought Sammy Watkins, that was masterful. Yes. Masterful. I don't know what Sammy's numbers are, but I don't even care. Because the very purpose of why you bring him in is working, and that's you're freeing exactly. up more space for Todd Gurley to do his thing. Which the, uh, now Todd Gurley's in the MVP 
conversation. So point is, is culture and how you can receive that quarterback but can Jim is vital. Harbaugh, all right, let's go back to Harbaugh, though. Okay. Because he's on the ropes right now. Well, I'll right? tell you this. Michigan. Let me go so back to your connection. if you go back to Cleveland, let's let me say go they give yeah. him everything. Yeah, okay. Oh, they Give do. him control. Oh. oh. And he got the first pick in the draft. Oh, wow. You're good. You're good? Oh, yeah. So he you would say great. if you have Jim Harbaugh and oh, let's say Sam Darnold together, how long would that take? Oh, you know, I, well, Sam Darnold's going to take a sec. And the reason is, is he, he's got some stuff. I'm telling you, we're, we're talking about his footwork in the pocket that is going to need immediately a, to be addressed. And Sam hasn't had a lot of experience turning his back in the play-action game to the defense. Right. So I don't believe it would be, oh, come in, Sam Darnold, turnkey, your guy. He would have to bring in an experienced NFL guy, a bridge guy, to get you through the season and then transition, like he did with Carson, uh, not Carson, with uh, Kaepernick. You know, we had Alex Smith and was able to transition him in. So he'd, he'd get somebody like that. There's guys out there that he could do that with. Brian Horner is like the perfect bridge guy now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he's now with the 49ers. But I, Harbaugh would do great things. The, if Harbaugh went to the Browns and they gave him full autonomy to do what he wants, they'd easily have seven wins at least, maybe eight in the first year. All right, we're here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, a school that shouldn't even have a football program. In fact, they shouldn't even exist. Penn State has a big game coming up <laughs> in a couple hours on the road in the horseshoe against Ohio State. It's the game of the year so far in college football. What's going to happen? We're going to break down. Coming up next, Harbin and Papinga wasn't mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com. 15 minutes ago, Michigan has taken a 14-7 lead. So, Jim Harbaugh's career at Michigan is safe for now. <laughs> You're right. funny how you hang it in the balance of one game. All right. Well, it, it, it is Rutgers at home. Season. All right. It's a bunch of games. Now, there is a huge game today, obviously, out in uh, at the Horseshoe as Ohio State will host undefeated Penn State. Penn State coming off their demolition of Michigan. Saquon Barkley, by the way. Wow. I mean, he is phenomenal. Did he have a seismic moment yet? Well, it's getting close. We mentioned this three-game run. Uh, if he for burns Penn through State. this, then there's like really right. it's I mean, hard to today, argue today, against this. I'll put it this way. If Saquon Barkley has like a three-touchdown day and they win at Ohio State, it's over. Woo! I mean, really? I, I will say at that point, He's it would take so far a ahead, disaster huh? for him or somebody just playing ridiculous because I don't see enough marquee names for some of the contenders out there to make their mark. What about this old-school thought of if a guy gets hurt like, let's say Saquon gets like has a phenomenal game today but gets hurt. Does that hurt his chances? Well, I mean, you have Rice Love situation. Him? I mean, how about that? So, Thursday night. Does get Thursday? Detour- it was Thursday night. Yeah, Stanford's it was. playing Oregon State. Game. So, what happened was, you know, the, the Thursday night blowout of the Ravens-Dolphins, I switched off that game to go to Stanford-Oregon State figuring, you know, this game's probably a, like three <laughs> touchdowns. I mean, Oregon State is so bad, I can't even overplay it, right? Yeah, well, that's what you so, thought. And I turn on the game and Stanford's losing. I'm like, they're shutting down Bryce Love. <laughs> and then I find out he was a late scratch. Yeah. So, I'm sure David Shaw thought, well... He's, he's nursing a sore ankle. Let's just keep him out of this. I mean, it's We're easy, outmatching these I mean, guys come on, so it's much. It's Oregon yeah. State, and Sanford had no them. offense. I yeah. mean, they they actually ended up with fewer yards in Oregon State. They could not move the ball. Do you think and that it, helped Love? I think it helps. As a Heisman voter, I would say. Because it makes him look more valuable. Without him, they have nothing. If it hadn't been for Oregon State fumbling the ball on what would have been a drive to run out the clock, Stanford never gets the ball back, and they lose. <laughs> so, but, but getting back to Saquon Barkley – that's that's you know that's part of the equation for me the value of the player I mean is he is he so good that you can't that, live without him that you can't live without him I, think, I don't know if Saquon's that that 
kind of the, they. I say he's that good, but I don't know if they don't. Have, they have other options at Penn State. Bryce like, Love is the sole game at Stanford. Yeah, he's carrying them on his shoulders alone. But in, in Penn State, we saw that a couple weeks ago with uh, Northwestern when they were able to somewhat contain Saquon. Yes, but then Penn State had enough ability through the air to still be productive offensively. But if he's not productive so today team. at Ohio State, they have no chance. You don't think there's zero? You think zero chance? If, if, if Ohio State shuts down Saquon Barkley, there's no really? way at Ohio well, then State. That, I, I guarantee you that'll be their plan. Their plan will be, hey, we're going to make somebody else other than him beat us. We're going to stack the box with nine guys. Right. Even though you really don't. People don't realize that, by the way. Let me go on a little tangent of strategy. People talk about, oh, they're going to run into you get your pro football focus, which is a it's a big foe. It's not real. Right. You're, you're the guy that's always critical about pro oh, football yeah. well, focus. Well, I'll get, this is an example right now. They'll they'll actually break down running back successes against eight man boxes, right? Right. And they'll go and they'll stop the film and be like, okay, is there eight guys in the box? Which is like, yeah. The, the, so the tackle's wide mm-hmm. and about six yards off the line of scrimmage, six to eight yards is the box between quotations. Right. And they'll count one, two, three. Okay, eight guys. Here it is. And they don't realize that when we play, like when we played Adrian Peterson with the Packers, what we would do is we our base coverage was cover two. And we didn't believe that a guy like Tavares Jackson was going to ever beat us. Did we ever load eight guys in the box? No. What do we tell our safeties? You know what? Instead of playing the pass first, you're going to actually play the run first. So at the snap of the ball, you're going to lean more to stopping the run. Right. Which essentially turns your defense into what? After the snap, a nine-man front. <laughs> well, I'll be. So my point is, is you don't have to line guys up so close to line of scrimmage to have your defense completely focused on the running game, which I would do. I would make it to where it looks like, hey, it's a it's a favorable matchup. It looks like we have more blockers, or at least the same amount of blockers as there are defenders. And then at the last second after the snap of the ball, if you're Ohio State, you're going to run a guy into the box, have him prioritize stopping Saquon, and then you you react late to the pass. That's the way that you do it. And so you're not technically running into an A-blocks front, but in theory you are running into a 9 well, l- so l- we'll see how they handle that. All right, getting back to the game here. Now, first of all, Penn State, as as you know, I am I have been saying this over and over again, there should not even be a Penn State University. That entire yes, university should have been should. bulldozed after the aftermath of the Zandeski. So how thing. is it that you're totally able to hold bull- it's a state everybody university. else accountable for somebody else's transgression? You know again? what? I'm there confused was so about that one. Because of, you know, they, they, they buried then Joe Paterno well. after he died. So, the athletic director, the school president, everyone else was off the hook. So, Steve, I think we need to bulldoze the whole U.S. and the no, world. No, no, no. Just yep. Penn State the, University. The whole world because there's yes, been atrocities that, happening all throughout the history of humanity. I mean, slavery, for example. Mm. We should just go down to everybody who's connected to slavery right. and eliminate them from the face of the earth. All their records, throw them out because By the way, did you see they're the, somehow uh, connected to the slavery. The battle for the uh, governorship in Virginia, the two candidates, the one candidate, it's all about the Confederate statues in Virginia. He wants to preserve them? The, the Republican guy wants to preserve them, and it's, his numbers are spiking and the other guy wants to eliminate. Now he's backing off on his eliminating all the Confederate statues. But the guy in favor of keeping the Confederate statues, I didn't know. his I numbers are going up. Well, Virginia is a different world. It My is. brother lives there. But, uh, yeah, I, I look at it this way. If you have a flipping civil war, yeah. I know we're going down the road of politics, but I'm going to go there. If you have a flipping civil war, uh, you have a, a, a civil war. Yes. And the, the the party loses, which ends up becoming big. They're obsolete, right. but yet you still celebrate them. That's to me beyond logic. All right. Well, this is how it's the like, people what are we are doing here. But I the mean, guy that he's on. actually running commercials, <laughs> running for governor, Promoting all that, he's huh? talking about the fact that those statues will stay. 
Well, the point is, is and that his numbers are going up. You can't hold somebody who's disconnected from an atrocity accountable for that atrocity, and that's okay. what you're doing to Penn State. Their fans, right. their current football program. It's hard for me you're to holding celebrate them accountable. Penn State success. You're holding them accountable for what somebody else did, and that other person, they're being punished. They're, the, those administrators are punished. I'm going to tell you, Joe Pa, not only did probably like leaving the game cause him to die, but I bet you the stress of knowing that he knew about it and do do something about it had to also weigh in. Well, on that. I, I still believe that Paterno did not know the full extent of it because they walked in and said, look, Joe, just don't worry about it. We'll take care of it, okay? You never do that. It's something that but, serious. But, uh, no, you, would, you wouldn't was... be able to sleep at night and say, oh, yeah, just go ahead and take care of it. You'd be like, dude, How, we what, getting this. T- this needs to be eliminated. This How, needs do to you be realize that Paterno, like the last 15 simplified. years he was there, was simply just a man standing on the sideline? He had nothing to do with anything. He didn't Except do anything with the game plan. He was like a statue. Exactly. When he had to run off to the sideline before halftime, poor guy. By the way, uh, JT Barrett, now in his 15th year at Ohio State. Uh, <laughs> now, you do, have you seen his numbers the last four weeks? The guy has like twenty touchdowns. It's that seems like JT Barrett's been what? there forever. He's been there like three, right? No, no, he's been five five years. He redshirted in four years now. Remember, he oh, finished wow, okay. fifth in the Heisman Trophy voting three years ago. I mean, okay. so but JT Barrett, what if he throws five touchdowns and Ohio State blows out Penn State tonight? Would you put him in the Heisman race? Absolutely, I, I put him in the Heisman. He can't race. be number one. No, oh, because be right he got there, right? badly outplayed by Baker Mayfield in that Oklahoma oh, yeah, State that was game. Even close. But since then, he's been huge numbers for JT Barrett. Well, it is in the shoe. No, it is and, in the shoe. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's any kind of. I, I look at it like it's it's a toss up today. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game. And that game will start before we're off. Coming All right. up here in a couple hours, that Ooh. will be Penn State and Ohio State game. Of so, the day in other right words, you, you have no problem rooting on Penn State. You're okay with that. I'm not, yeah, I don't. I don't hold them connected to what happened. I mean, that's not them. It's Is James somebody Franklin else. an elite coach? He's looking like it. I love James. Now I've you know yeah I love James. He's had we've had could his good game translate to the, to the NFL? He's oh, a, yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah he, oh, he whoa, runs whoa, a pro whoa, set whoa, offense. Wait, that wait a second. We hear all these college guys that try to make the transition to the NFL. I don't know like Spurrier Saban failed. Yeah. Why, why would James Franklin succeed? Oh, because James Franklin knows how to coach with the player. See, the problem was, I'll tell you, Spurrier, his issue was, is he wanted to golf more than, like, put exactly. in time to game plan. Exactly. Can't do that. You got to actually game plan. Yeah. Uh, with Saban, his issue was pure ego. He didn't want the players to, like, have the same amount of power as he did. Yes. Because I, 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 what happened was is it happened with the Dante Culpepper. He tried to bench Culpepper, but Culpepper, like, in practice, would go, in, and this is from one of the players that was a Crowder, Channing Crowder, that was right. there. He, he said that they say, okay, number one offense, go out there. And Dante Culpepper would walk out there and go in the huddle. And uh, the backup, Joey Harrington's like looking at Saban, like, what do I do here? I don't know. I suppose <laughs> he, the guy in there and Saban would be just beat red because Dante Culpepper was defying him. It's like, and Dante's like, I make more than you, man. It was just complete. So Saban, it was all ego. Uh, can you imagine if Saban, when he was in Miami, can make had they Frank signed can make Drew Brees? I mean, that was that whole time well, when Brees I had mean, two offers, Miami yeah, and New Orleans. But again, you got to look at what the culture of systems for hey, quarterbacks. Exactly. Did they have Breeze one in place there, man? Faded into oblivion. I don't know if he'd have faded into oblivion. He'd have been solid. Yeah. I don't. He's not the Hall of Famer that we right. know him today because yeah. Sean Payton's got that system down to where he can mm. roll at X quarterbacks and maximize their talents. But back to James Franklin, there's no question. I played with James or under. Or, okay, he didn't directly coach me, but he was the wide receivers coach. Yes, at the Packers my rookie year. He did a phenomenal. I mean, he did a phenomenal enough job. To where he he was promoted offensive coordinator. I don't I don't have his history in front of me to some school. I believe it was a college, and then you know he eventually became Vanderbilt's head coach. Now Penn State's head coach, but he was always a cool dude. 
like a guy that he was like one of the boys. And that's how an NFL coach has to be. You have to be on the same level as your players because they know just as much as you do. And the problem with these head coaches that come from the college ranks that struggle in the NFL like Saban is, is they're used to always being the authoritative figure that controls everything and everybody looks to you like, oh, what do we do here, coach? What do you say? Oh, yep, we're going to do it. Yeah, that's not how it works in the NFL. You got to you got to be open to the players and take their feedback, or else you're gonna not you're gonna be out. You're gonna be the NFL, which is not for long. We have one of the strange stories going into the cocktail party, Georgia and Florida, about McIlwain getting these death threats. Alex Marvez, big Florida guy, will give us that story plus what's happening in the NFL. But let's let's check in right now with Gascon. David, how are you, man? Busy hey, day. Good morning. I, I hear there's good a lot morning. of things going on today and a very busy Saturday. But uh, we'll start off with some college football. Number five, Wisconsin taking on Illinois. Back in the eye formation. Single wide receiver to the right is Kendrick Pryor. Fumagalli, wing left, motions right. Here's the handoff to Groshek into the line and into the end zone. Touchdown, Wisconsin. Badgers Radio Network, they're nearing halftime right now. Number five, Wisconsin out in front of Illinois, 14-3. to Number eight, Miami leading by a hair over North Carolina, 7-6. to About a minute left to play in the first half. Oklahoma State and West Virginia. In the all-white unis, Rudolph gets a shotgun snap, goes quickly over the middle. The pass is caught by Washington, and he's sprinting into the end zone. Pistols firing. Touchdown, Oklahoma State. James Washington, his seventh of the year. Cowboys are rolling right now over West Virginia. It's 23-3. Mason Rudolph, 11 of 16, 112 yards passing. One TD through the air, one TD through the ground. 436 to play in the first half. And Jim Harbaugh, hot seat and all. He leads over Rutgers 21 to 7. Michigan out in front after the end of two quarters. Well, of play. a win over Rutgers at home. I mean, that's a career safe. No question about that. <laughs> One so, other game of note Baylor staring down the pipe of an 0 and 8 season. Mm. Texas leads them right now 21 7, under four to play in the second quarter. All right, David, thanks so much. We appreciate that. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on your car insurance at Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Join us right now, Sirius XM NFL Radio. Sporting News, NFL Insider, and Florida man, Alex Marvez. Alex, before we get to the NFL, all hell is broken loose at the University of Florida. Talks of a buyout on the McIlwain contract. Here are the Gators' back-to-back SEC championship game appearances then he comes out with this story that he was getting death threats. His wife was getting death threats. Players are getting death threats. The university's like, what death threats? What the hell is going on in Gainesville? Yeah, I know. You know, but it is interesting, you know, sitting with, with the crowd. And listen, I don't do that at NFL games. I'm working all the time, right? But going to University of Florida games, and, and especially the loss of Texas A&M, and you overhear people leaving the stadium, and you would think that we're back in the Will Muschamp era or something. You're like, you're 0-11 <laughs> back, you know, that season that the University of Florida had in like 1979 or something, 0-10-1. I mean, this guy has won two straight SEC East titles. He's playing with a freshman quarterback. And I just think that expectations of this fan base are so Unrealistic, you know, winning an SEC East two years in a row with with a uh, you know with a team that was left pretty darn barren that cupboard by Will Muschamp. I, I mean, and again, I don't know if I've explained how much I despise Will Muschamp, but I mean, <laughs> the, the point is that you know, I, I mean, it's amazing. I don't know. I just just don't get. 
you know, why fans can't just enjoy when this team wins. You lose some games, I get it, but it's not always fire Jim McElwain after every single game. Playing with a, with a quarterback who hasn't even started for a full season, it's a silly season down here at the University of Florida. We would be a lesser program, in my opinion, if Jim McElwain weren't the head coach. Well, Alex, you know what's going to happen? They're going to have to bring in some other dude, have the whole program pretty much crash and burn, and then everybody like, oh, wait, okay, never mind. We like that McElwain guy. Can we get somebody like him again? <laughs> you know, Steve Spurrier is in the building, by the way, and uh, he is around the <laughs> University of Florida once again. He actually teaches, I believe, a class once a week at the university. He does give seminars and things like that. He Apparently, he is not adverse to coaching what, again what class does he teach? the right circumstance. Just curious, so, what cl- hey, Alex, what class does he teach? It's like some sports management type of class. He comes what? in. I, what does Steve do? Whatever he wants to do. You know, it could be shirtless beer drinking, knowing Steve. I mean, that's the type of guy he is. But, you know, I mean, and listen, him being around, he's been very supportive of the program, but it is a new athletic director who who's come in. He wasn't the one who hired, you know, uh, Obviously, Jim McElwain, that was Jeremy Foley, uh, who has now moved on to other things. He's still in games. Well, I saw him before the A&M game. But, you know, again, not the AD anymore. Scott Strickland is right now. And we'll see what direction this program moves in. But, you know, Brady, listen, I know how p- passionate you are about Brigham Young football. In fact, you know, trying to fight fans on Twitter and, oh, and yeah. giving them your address to your house this past week. And oh, that didn't happen. And come over and no, I mean, no, know. they'd burn my house. They'd literally light my house on fire, Alex. I'd never do that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, yeah, because I, the same thing happened at BYU. People pushed out Bronco. We we average eight nine wins a year. All of a sudden, we're at zero and I'm I'm calling zero and seven because I'm not going to count Portland State as a victory. And it seems like that that's what a fan base needs. It's almost like okay, if that's if you can't take getting at least being in contention, then we're going to show you something else, and we'll see what you think about that. Because winning in college football, you know, Alex, Steve, you yes. guys know that it is extremely difficult of course, on a week-in, week-out basis, and fans just don't and understand And they constantly it. have to replenish the troops. All right, let's switch to the NFL. Alex, the McNair comments about the inmates running the prison, it feels like there's a ticking time bomb right now in the NFL that's about to go off. I mean, some of the Texans players are already talking about walking out because of that. Now we hear Russell Okung was at that meeting on that Tuesday where everyone seemed to be happy now saying – Basically, the the NFL owners are full of it. They haven't done anything that so-called promised that they would do. I mean, are we in danger right now of one of these weeks when some team or team finally said, we're out of here? Good well, Good luck. I, I... I guess you run that, but you also then run everyone having their money taken away from them. Sure. I mean, that that's part of the problem. It's not just losing a week's salary. If a player were to not show up for a game, you can go after any sort of guaranteed money that you've already paid them. So if you want to lose everything you got, go right, right ahead and walk out. I mean, that's just, that's what it is. Now, if you want to start skipping off-season workouts, and you know that that's where some of this stuff may be a little bit more effective if by that time, come April, if NFL players aren't happy enough of them with the way that things are going, then you can, then you can just say, hey, we're not showing up for off-season workouts. We'll all be there for mandatory minicamp, but that, that's a way to get back at, at coaches, I guess. The owners don't care, though, because they're, again, it's, it's how do I explain this? Okay, a couple things. First, I don't think that Bob McNair is racist. I really don't. By the way, he has an African-American general manager who he entrusts in a big-time way and could have fired a zillion times along the way. Remember that the Houston Texans weren't a very good ball club a couple years ago. They were the worst team in football. He is stuck with Rick Smith through thick and thin, but it's a very sensitive deal right now. Jerry Jones started this when talking about how you know he was going to he, he was going to bench 
whomever came out and, and took a knee during the anthem. I think there's a, a, a you know a feeling of plantation owner type thing for NFL team owners and and the the players or cattle or whatever you want to call it. it. It's a rough deal right now. And listen, you had two players who did walk out yesterday: Deontay Foreman and DeAndre Hopkins, according to media reports. You know, Bob McNair spoke to the team this morning before they left to Seattle. He wanted to clear the air, talk to these guys. Hopefully, everyone comes to an understanding. We'll know a lot more that they'll come Tuesday in New York City when the next group of players gets together with a group of owners. If Colin Kaepernick decides that he wants to attend that meeting, that's going to mean something. And if there is any sort of tangible you know, progress being made toward resolving this anthem issue and also giving players a chance to express their concerns about social matters you know, through the NFL and through their teams. All right, Alex, we've talked about this uh, scenario, Brady and I. All right, regular season ends, okay, which means every NFL player has gotten their full contracts paid for the 2017 season. Getting ready for wild card weekend, all the teams in the wild card games walk out. What are you going to do if you're the NFL? I mean, I, I, you know, honestly, do we really feel like every player is going to walk out as Why? well? Why? They've already been paid for the season. And you only yeah, got half every, the teams every, are participating, and, and, too. And, and, and so everybody's gotten paid. Uh, so no one's uh, contract is uh, – they've already gotten paid for the entire year. You're going to throw replacement players out for the NFL playoffs? I don't think the networks would be too high on that idea. No, but you can still go after their guaranteed money because they're still in violation of their contract. So, so, I mean, but again, what would the NFL do? If the, if the players threaten to not show up for the playoffs, what would the NFL owners do? Uh, postpone the playoffs, I guess. Steve, I, I just I can't talk about something that to me is like completely so far-fetched. And, I don't and think it's that far-fetched. There. It's no. absolutely far-fetched. No one's walking out of anything this weekend when the, when the topic well, not is this hot. Weekend not because, this weekend. But, but I'm talking playoffs, about once the regular season viable. is over and everyone has collected their full paychecks for the year. I, okay, well, if something happens by then and we don't have a resolution to what's going on right now and, and players still feel that way, then there's no games, and that's it. And then, and then everyone mm. loses. Or we know what they do. They sign practice squad players or they sign players who want to play football who will come in and play. Remember in 1987, what happened? How did the NFL break the players? They brought in replacement players. The yeah, but that was sucked. regular season games. I'm not about postseason games. Yeah, I understand games. that, but they'll move on. I mean, what else are you going to do if you're an NFL owner? What are you going to do? You know, just don't, say, well, we're not going to play? And, and, then, and no, the sponsors and the, try to break the and the networks who, who are going to say, we want it. our money back. This is not what we paid for. That's not, you know, good luck with all that. <laughs> you know, because when you read the legal language of all these contracts and what you get when you buy tickets, ticket holders don't have a candle to, to pay for that. That's just how it is. We had replacement referees out there. The NFL was willing to put out a terrible product with replacement referees because they weren't willing to pay these guys. You think they're going to let this affect them? No. That's how it is. And also, I just don't feel, again, we'll see how the culture is in, in a few months if the NFL players still feel disenfranchised, if an owner, another owner says something that's taken in a terrible way. But, I, Steve, I just don't see this as something that is viable or realistic to get all of these guys to walk out. Remember, yesterday would have been the perfect time for the Houston Texans as a team to leave. Two guys left. That was it. Hey, Alex, so an NBA, so change the subject here. In the NBA, that they have far more power in their Players Association than the NFL. But they have a very, you know, a black and white anthem kind of behavior that they're supposed to follow, which they all got to stand, right? There's no issues right. there. Here in the NFL, obviously, there's a bunch of issues going on around about, about it. And how much of what's going on with the anthem and the protests and all this stuff with the players is the owner's fault in the NFL for not establishing some kind of boundaries like they do in the NBA? Ding, 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 ding. You go back to last March. I wrote about it at SportingNews.com. Had it on my SiriusXM show. I asked Troy Vincent at the NFL owners' meetings, did you guys talk about the anthems? 
you could have put in a protocol then that said, okay, either we're not going to have the players come out and do something during the anthem, you know, they're going to they'll come out after the anthem is played, or you can put in a mandatory policy saying that you must stand. Instead, the owners didn't do anything. They 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 never even addressed this topic. So you know what? I mean, you, you know, you re-put your soul in a way, right? By yeah. not you know getting being proactive about this issue. The NBA was you know and saying that they want to have this protocol for everyone to stand. See, the bottom line is why do people play football? You know, that's what a lot of this comes down to, too. I understand the, the love of the game, but you play for money, right? I mean, that, that's Part why you're equation, out there. Yes. You're, yeah. you're a pro. So what the NFL has tried to explain to players is, okay, we get it. You want to have a social stance and all this. We've got ten guys right now that are out there, and Roger Goodell emphasized, he said six, but roughly ten players that are sitting or taking a knee. That's it at this point, yet they are threatening the livelihoods of more than 1,900 active players mm. because of the dropping of, of the ratings and things like that. Not their livelihood, but their, the amount of money that they can make yeah. into the future. So let's think about that. Advertisers are upset. ESPN wrote about it. We've known about it behind the scenes. The NFL trying to put their finger in this dike before it breaks. It's a tough one. Wow. That's a good point. Bottom line, Chargers will beat New England tomorrow in New England. Is that it? That is a trap game for the Patriots all over at Bosa. Ingram, 16 sacks, by the way. More than I believe 16 NFL teams have right now. And Brady's been sacked 18 times in seven games. I know, I know. Listen, this this has that type of feel to it. Mm. It's an interesting one. It really does. And you know what? The the one to watch, though, as well, Jets-Falcons. Yes. Falcons, what's wrong with Atlanta this year? You know, Sarke- this is what my guys tell me behind the scenes. Steve Sarkeesian, uh, the guys don't like him. <laughs> you know, mm. and essentially they don't like the way he's running this offense. You mm. notice whatever happened to Taylor Gabriel as a third wide receiver, whatever happened to Don. running backs, yeah. catching the ball out of the backfield, whatever happened to Matt Ryan on a rollout and the waggles and the things he was doing well. Plus, you've got guys freelancing on defense because they're looking at contracts because everyone sees, oh, well, if you get sacks, then you get paid in the NFL. So forget about gap integrity. Let me just do a wide nine scheme. Even though they don't play that, <laughs> they play the cover three in Atlanta. So that team right now is really in danger of that as well. One thing to watch as well before we make any predictions, weather tomorrow will be a huge factor. Going to talking about huge winds, talking about huge rain as that storm works its way up the East Coast. So, you know, not all things are going to be equal when it comes to the NFL tomorrow. Great stuff as oh. always, Alex. Try to save McElwain's job. Will you please? I, I will try. And listen, I won't boycott you guys during the playoffs no matter what. Oh, I will be right you. back here at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time every week. Best Fantastic. of the best. Alex Marvez. Thanks so much, Alex. Whoa. All right, there he is. Alex Marvez, Sirius XM NFL Radio Sporting News NFL Insider. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. By the way, the Bob McNair comments now have somebody else of importance talking. You're going to find out who that is coming up next. Harvard and Papinga, great news. There's a quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Uh, we were talking to Mar- Marvez about this uh, Bob McNair situation. Bob McNair, the owner of the Texans, apparently got down on his hands and knees to his players begging forgiveness uh, saying that he used the wrong words when he talked about the inmates running the prison. But now, guess who's jumping on the old bandwagon? What? That would be Mark Garagos, yes, the famed attorney who is representing Colin Kaepernick in his collusion case against the NFL. Uh, apparently the only one that ever has uh, uh, Garagos, who I, I don't even know what case he's been on, <laughs> Since the Peterson trial, yeah, uh, but he he's on a lot with uh, Adam Carolla, and so he goes on with Adam. He goes, "Remember when I indicated I thought pretty soon that a smoking gun would come up? 
That's about as good a smoking gun for collusion as you can get. How? We're not going to let the inmates run the prison. I would like to know that, how. Give me the breakdown how. You can what make he's any saying claim is you when have, we say we're, we're, meaning the owners are not going to let the inmates run the prison, what he's, again, this is Garagos's interpretation, and obviously he's there for his client, is this that is reach, we have decided we are not going to let any player or players tell us what, what to, to do. do. And and basically he's saying it's an implication. They all work together. They all get right, together. Right. They say, hey, we're going to do this. Okay. Well, the problem is, is what's the connection between Let's say that is true. They all get together, which they do have meetings. That's a fact. Yeah. What's there's there's got to be a bridge between Kaepernick specific situation. Uh, the only smoking gun that would ever come up if there was recordings or documents saying that the owners got together and actually brought up Kaepernick's case together. That's your smoking gun. Some random comment like this is not smoke. These flipping these flipping lawyers. Well, this is what Garrett goes. Man, now, they now, try Garrett to like, make did say cases this. up out of thin air. I guess that's their job. But I mean, this is just terrible. So I mean, Garrett said, "Look, there are seven crap. teams right now. He knows that could use uh, Kaepernick, and this <laughs> yeah, whole lawsuit oh, yeah. would go away if just somebody signed him." Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. There's seven teams. You know. Yeah. You're you're a football guy. Yeah. Garrett goes. Get breaks here, it down. Garagos. He's watched the film. Exactly. He's, watched, he's broken it down. Get out of here. Get out of here. And the problem with Kaepernick is he's such a one-scheme guy, meaning read option. You're literally going to have but to retool your offense in mid-season. he was a successful quarterback in that scheme. I know, but think about it. it. The seven teams he's talking about, I don't know who they would be. What, Miami's got to be one with color out, right? Yeah, Adam, you know how about Adam Gaze ripping his own team? I like this. He blames <laughs> the coaches. I'm, I'm sure, aren't you? The head coach goes, we have the worst offense in the NFL. <laughs> and the coaches are accountable. I'm like, hello? <laughs> aren't you the head coach? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so, all right. Point but, is, though, you have to retell your whole offense to get Kaepernick. It's it's just one of those And how comments. about your Packers offense right now? You oh, convinced bad, me bad. that they were going to beat New Orleans. I told you. Hey. What did I say? Hey. The Breeze would have 350. I'm sorry, I came up you, short. You predicted better than I did. I, I, I completely misunderstood. Misestimated, the McCarthy was going to go so conservative and afraid. Right, I just I forgot that it's it's true because he told us that same thing. Hey, we're going to have our defense carry us when Aaron first became a starter, and I was like, oh, I should have anticipated that. Didn't anticipate that. I thought he was going to just go full in with Hundley. He didn't do that. We'll see if he does it after the bye week. So yeah, you guessed better than I did. Good job, Steve. Well, for one Way week, I don't. I rarely write, but Way on that be. one. But my point is, there are teams I'm sure that could use a Colin Kaepernick, right? They couldn't be any worse than they are right now. You got to retail your whole offense. What you're going to bring in one guy and retail well, your whole offense? I don't know. How about the Cleveland Browns? How are they look? Oh boy. I mean, okay. How about the 49ers? How are they without Kaepernick right now? Zero and seven. <laughs> and by the way, they'll have a they have a walk. How are they, this week. How are they without Chip Kelly? This how week. are they without Chip Kelly? Mm-hmm. They actually had a better record last year. Chip Kelly. So I thought I, here, you know it's amazing oh, you to me. Kelly you know we there. hear about Atlanta and oh boy we really miss Kyle Shanahan. He's zero seven right now as a head coach. Yeah, but he did good things in Atlanta. That yeah. he was Alex Marvez. He knows his stuff. Why he would knows they hire Sarkeesian? his stuff. Why did they hire Sarkeesian? They thought he was going to have some carryover with what uh, Shanahan did, and they're, he's exactly right. Gabriel has been dis- he's disappeared. The running backs aren't nearly as a threat as they used to be. But doesn't so. this all point out again? Right place, right time. That there's no one set. I mean, I won't say no one. There are very few people, players, coaches, that no matter where they go, guaranteed success. Rare. Except one guy. Well, I didn't say it. Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh until he showed up. I mean, look what happened. Well, they're still doing good. Look what happened to the 49ers. You go look at the 49ers just rise to success and drastic fall. 
completely correlated with he, with Harbaugh. I know that, but you realize Harbaugh basically so far is exactly what Brady Hoke did when he took over for Rich Rodriguez. True. That is a fact. I know the record yeah. supports that. Very, the problem very is similar. this. The upside is very different. Harbaugh's got well, far more upside. We, we thought Brady there Hoke was more upside. We just did. haven't seen it yet. All oh, right. he has it. The, we'll see if he could, attains it. The World Series is not where Dodger fans expected it to be. The problem is... They celebrated too early. The story next. Big Saturday here, Fox Football Saturday. Hartman and Papinga coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We're counting down about an hour and a half from now. Penn State on the road against Ohio State. Cannot wait Woo! for that matchup. You know, uh, you, you know Urban's going to have something special, too, for James Franklin. Oh, yeah. He's going to have something special, some new tweak, some little wrinkle in his offense that Penn State's going to have to adjust to. That's just Urban Meyer's, uh, that's his signature. Yeah. So it'll be fun. It'll It'll be be fun. Fun to see. Fun, fun, fun. All right. The World Series is now two games to one in favor of the Houston Astros. Uh, There's a lot of buzz right now that the Dodgers should start Kershaw in game four. Out of desperation? Well, I, it's not so much desperation, but let, let's it's desperation. realistically, and then, then I'll get to a story about mm-hmm. this series and when I felt like it was already turning. So if you if you leave Kershaw for Game Five, all right. So best case, let's say the Dodgers win tonight to even up the series two two. Kershaw goes tomorrow in Game Five, big game, obviously. Yep. And let's say he even wins it. Let's say the Dodgers go up three two. Then they go back to L.A., Verlander starting game six for Houston. Let's say the Astros win it. Now you have game seven. Ooh. Your scheduled starter would be you Darvish. No, you and go you to Kershaw. And you can't bring back Kershaw on two days rest. You got to. No way. Yeah, you do. If you, you spot, if you start Kershaw today, then it's more realistic of having him available for a game seven on three days rest. I, the problem with that is you're sending the wrong message to your team. Well, what's the message? The, the message, message is, is we need to win this series. Well, the message you send to your your guys if you're going to like try to play for Game Seven is you don't think that they you don't you're, you're basically saying without saying you don't believe they can go out against the Verlander and beat them, but you don't want to set that for your team. You don't want your team to ever think that you are just the game's foregone conclusion. We're playing Verlander, we're done. No, you go aggressive. If you have to pull a guy out, I mean, didn't that happen to Bumgarner not too long ago? Bumgarner did it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he came but, off but like no rest days, and, and, and won it for the the, the Giants. I, wasn't that? Yeah. And so I I would think that's the same thing. You got a whole offseason to rest. If Kershaw has to go and get special acupuncture over in Asia to like well, fully recover for next spring training. I mean, I, I give you an example. Yeah, 1965. But you Sandy go for the Koufax. win, man. You go for the win right now. You Sandy Koufax in, in game five of the 65 World Series threw a complete game shutout to give the Dodgers a 3-2 lead. They go back to Dodgers. Uh, no, actually, they went back to Minnesota, lose game six, and Walter Alston had a choice of bringing back Drysdale on three days rest or Koufax on two days rest. Koufax. He went with Koufax. He threw another complete game shutout. But that's that's old. Did school. it affect his career? Uh, well, actually, a did year he, later he, he was retired, and yeah, he did. His arm almost fell off a year later. Anyway. Well, hey, I mean, if with, and you have they, a lot of money invested, way more money. You're, you're paying well, uh, Kershaw thirty million dollars a year. Yeah, but if you're Kershaw, I'm saying, dude, do I want to go down as a guy who was always there? Right. That was like the best regular season pitcher. Well, then, then why don't you start him tonight? You got to go for the W, man. Like you got to go. For well, but I mean, what? you don't want to go down three games to one. No, you because tonight I'm telling you, like if you 
like you said, should they play? Should they pitch him tonight? And when you said that, my thought was that's desperation. I, you don't want to think you don't want to send the message to your team. We're being desperate now. You just don't want to do that. All right, I want to. You get would back. rather on the late, like just like I was saying, you'd rather try to just at the end when there's like desperation to be had. Right now, there's no desperation. Stay poised. All right, be confident. So, so the Dodgers seemingly were on a roll Tuesday night. Um, I'm in San Diego during the week, and then I come up to L.A. on the weekends. Yeah. But I had a 7 a.m. dental appointment in L.A. Mm. For my once every six months, so I had to come up Tuesday night. All right. So, as you remember, game one was like the shortest game in baseball history. It was two, two and a half hours. Woo! The shortest <laughs> World Series game time-wise in 25 years. Your type that? of baseball game, right? Yeah, that's it. That's so, it. I actually left San Diego right after Turner hit the home run. So, I'm listening to the rest of the game. Nothing happened. Dodgers win 3-1. to one. But I have an extended ride on the road, and I'm listening to the Dodger post-game show. Okay. So, the post-game show is basically going. The host is... You know, on the air, and he's taking calls, and they're excited. Obviously, Dodgers have just won game one of the World Series. Kershaw pitched great. Everything seems to be going normal. And then the host went somewhere mm. that he shouldn't have gone. Uh-oh. So I'm listening to this, and he comes out, and he goes, remember that Sports Illustrated article that said, greatest team of all time, question mark? Well, after this series, we can take away that question mark. <laughs> and then so he, he said, and then he so said, you know, I mean, basically it's over. The Dodgers are going to win the series. He goes, Houston's one and five on the road. And I'm thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> tomorrow yeah, game two, tomorrow game two, you got Justin Verlander, who is nine and zero oh as a Houston Astro. Nine and zero. Oh. They haven't <laughs> lost the game he started. Yeah. And if they were to win that, you mentioned the Houston's one and five on the road, but they're undefeated in the playoffs at home. So I'm listening to all this, and then he compounds it by saying, and by the way, I don't want to hear any more about Kershaw. I can't pitch in the big games. This game ended it. And I said, well, yeah, but what if he has to pitch a game five in the World Series? Or game seven on no rest. Yeah, where where the season literally is on the line, and he gets shelled. So I'm, so I'm listening to this. I'm thinking, wow, So you wow, think wow, this wow. is a microcosm of a bigger mentality of Dodger people? They thought fans. series was over. And I got that vibe too, right away. I didn't even listen to this guy's yeah. show. But even just walking around town and listen to people because we're in Los Angeles everybody knows that was I I mean I was like what this has got we got a long ways to go here and one it seems like it's a pretty close matchup too what's going on yeah Uh, there's something here that I am not seeing a a connection with and so and I mean by the way did you watch game two I mean you are if there's ever once critical of baseball and you turn off last night's game because it was so boring to you you had to watch game two oh that was unbelievable that was going back. That was exciting. That was good. That I mean, was. That was. I mean, that is something that you know what I was like. like I not many. That. that is. It showcased what is unique to baseball. Yeah. That other sports going. don't have because they yeah. don't have a clock. Exactly. It's literally until the last. It's like right. you can't have the excuse. Well, the clock ran out. On so you stuff. did watch like that yeah, whole. That was cool. At least from the eighth inning on, you watched yeah. that whole game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to give Houston a lot of credit. I mean, they were playing for their World mm-hmm. Series lives. Yeah. Toughness, right there. By the way, you're a conditioning guy oh yeah eight home runs in that game most in any world series game in history the call anybody seemed to this be able to get the theory, ball man. What, what's going I, on i was saying strength conditioning I'm, I'm i'm moving away from that i believe this is a conspiracy by major league baseball right they i believe have doctored the baseballs i and without telling anybody mm-hmm. and it's not hard i mean there's certain kind of properties that well, you pitchers can would know because they, they i don't know when they oh pitcher i don't know when, when you have a pitcher that holds a baseball all the time they can instantly tell the difference I, in a baseball. Either that Anything. or, yeah, well, the bats would be different, but I, there's something with the baseball. Really? I believe there's got to be. Because how in the – I mean, okay, strength conditioning is one thing. I, I mean, that was only my only theory. Mm-hmm. 
But you know what? There's been solid strength and conditioning stuff going on for years. But this even supersedes the steroid era, too, right? Apparently so, because more home okay, runs were so hit by far this year than any year. That's in what baseball. I'm saying. I don't. I don't believe it's the physical body anymore because there's already there's two. Because to me, it's like either it's physical. Well, they conditioning. said because it was such a hot night. That doesn't have anything to do with it. it. Hot night usually is what makes the ball not fly as far. Right. You know, in certain degrees. I mean, I no, that's not true because if it's colder, the ball. Tends to be, you know, it, it doesn't fly. It's like when you golf. Yeah. Like you don't get as big of a. F- but I mean, when I'm thinking hot, I'm thinking humidity. Well, yeah, but exactly. If it's if it's dry heat. If it's dry heat, actually, yeah, it does fly further. Right. That is true. Yeah. Because the bat also has a little bit more malleability to it to sure. spring the ball. But this one, I'm thinking, you got either top notch strength conditioning, which matches steroids, yes. steroid era. Okay. But this is supersede the steroid era. So this is where I have to think it's equipment. Let me ask you this. It's got to be. I'm some always of the curious ball. about this, and I'm not accusing anybody, but just getting back to what we call performance-enhancing drugs. Are there performance-enhancing drugs available to athletes that are within the guidelines of what they could use? No, because basically, what the rule of thumb is: anything that gives you an unfair advantage that somebody else isn't taking is considered to be illegal. And it, and baseball has the best testing program because they, do. they actually have they actually test for hgh which the nfl does not and ironically if you but the only way to effectively think do of that these is two with organizations test i heard yeah you gotta do it with the blood test yeah. and you also have to have a baseline because our body naturally produces that hormone of hgh sure. so you have to have a baseline a normal one and then you have to have variances off that that's allowable because it fluctuates what happens to me so, like i've been doing these testosterone shots now for about three months mm-hmm. what, what is that doing to my system Testosterone. Well, it depends. Now, if if you're going back to your normal levels, it should yeah. give you higher level, get higher sex drive. Yes, you should be looking at chicks and being like lot far more attracted. Yes. Sorry, sorry, called you chicks, ladies. Ladies, you should be looking thank at you. women of the opposite sex. My yes. my wife would slap me across the head right now. If yes. I said that. Uh, yeah. I'm so sorry for that Freudian slip. That's I don't know okay. Where it came from? You but, and Bob McNair. Yeah. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't don't couple me with that guy. No, but uh, so yeah, you're yeah. you're more probably attracted yes. to women. Libido sex drive. is rolling. Yeah, yeah, your energy levels should be higher. You yes. should feel like a little bit more kick in your step. Mm-hmm. You know, but the where you start to run risks of is, uh, issues with your body is if you start to go overboard on yeah. the testosterone levels. But I imagine they regulate them yes, to where they're just bringing it to your normal levels. Correct. Right? Yes. Yeah. So you're so in, in all technicalities, you're not really doing. So that's anything. not a performance enhancing. It's drug. really not because you're just you're just maintaining what your body should already have as their normal levels of testosterone. Right. Which, if you go back to the, I believe it was the mid-80s with the Chinese uh, swim team, the women's swim team were dominant. Yes. And they passed all the doping protocols of the Olympic What were they doing? They were doing what you do. They were just bringing it, they would test their testosterone levels, and every time it dropped below the normal level, they'd bring it up. So it's undetectable because it fits within the normal level. What we do in here in the supersized culture of the U.S. is, oh, wow, that works. I'm going to not take it just to the normal. I'm going to take it double the normal levels. Yes. And that's where you have, you know, uh, body types changing. You know, women changes to a man, a man changes to a woman. Because what happens is this is the risk you run. If you start to take too much testosterone over your normal levels, you're sending a message to the triggers in your body that excrete that hormone that, oh, you don't need it anymore, man. Turn it off. Turn off the testosterone producers. And that's where all of a sudden the estrogen... If you yes, stop taking it, yes. the estrogen starts overtaking the testosterone, and all of a sudden, your uh, your manlyhood starts to take a hit. Mm. Meaning that uh, oh, we've heard you know, about those guys. You start yes. to grow boobs. Yeah, basically, you're t- you turn into a woman. Mm. So I mean, you got that's why you have to like in your case, you have to have a doctor that's professional. Yes, that knows what they're doing. That's certified. 
they're overseeing it. And that's why, like, NFL – that's why in sports they can't do it. There's not enough resources. So you're just saying when, not when enough we're of a seeing in baseball, to, to we're both it. flying out on a regular basis now. There's probably stuff that's undetectable, but I can't – I mean, it, they're so good. I mean, think of all these dudes getting busted. Well, they're talking about the speed of the bats. You see, everything is monitored now by – the elevation of the bat. Uh-huh. I mean, you watch some of these guys, like Chris Taylor, this guy with the Dodgers, who literally came out of nowhere. He had one career home run before this year. Now uh-huh. he's a star player. Vicious uppercut and and uh, bat speed and all this. But one, I mean, the, the only way to get better bat speed is get stronger, more get well, stronger, more powerful. Exactly. That's the strength times the speed. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like I said. The, so you're telling me they've measured bat speed for how long? This has been a recent phenomenon oh, okay. now. Like so they every home run now it. used to be like a home run. How far did it travel? They don't. They they measure bat speed and they, so they, trajectory they of, they the, of the bat. They can't compare this to years past. No, like, yeah, there's no so way to do it. That's the disconnect. Because yeah. I, I I don't know. I I still believe it's. Could it be the bats? I don't. I mean, because I thought that's well, juice that's, bats. I mean, Sammy Sosa used a juice. I understand bat that, but point, I don't yeah. know. I, I I believe they were all sort of put through their own little kind they of are. protocol of, yeah. to check them. I don't know. I believe it's equipment. There's got to be something with the equipment. Because, like I said, there's no way that this could be outperforming the steroid level, even with the best strength conditioning programs. All right. Uh, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio. Somebody celebrated a birthday yesterday of note and then didn't get a very good birthday gift. Uh, we'll we'll explain coming up next. Harbin and Papinga, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Miami. Trying to stay undefeated, leading 17-6 on the road against North Carolina. Should we take the uh, Hurricanes seriously yet? No. No. Uh, Mark Richt, he's still in his rebuilding years. And, you know, my brother, he coaches in the ACC. He says there's a number of – he says, okay, you got Clemson, and you got uh, – he thinks Virginia Tech's one of the other top-tier teams. Mm-hmm. And after that, he says they're all sort of clumped together. It's all kind of mixed. You know, anybody can beat anybody any, any week, you know, and so – uh, Miami is in that group of you. Anybody can beat anybody. You know they, they're tremendously talented, but uh, Mark Rick still has a ways to go to get that talent pulling in the right direction. Still, seven undefeated teams, including South Florida and UCF. They would be uh, actually eight undefeated teams with those two. Miami's undefeated. Wisconsin's undefeated. They're winning seventeen three at Illinois. TCU, Georgia, Penn State, and Alabama are your undefeated teams. How about that, TCU man? Got to give Gary, Gary Patterson, Patterson, man, a lot of credit. That guy, he's reinvented himself. Remember, he was just a pure defensive guy for yep. so long, and and they, they dominated would, this year. They had the tough game against West Virginia, but well, they were just of that. their philosophy used to be just run the ball, play mm-hmm. your defense. And then he's like, no, we're gonna we're gonna join everybody else's craze, and we're gonna have a spread offense and become more explosive. And you know, and, I, I uh, mentioned well. guys that have uh, Heisman moment games. Yeah, uh, if undefeated TCU at Oklahoma, November eleventh. Ooh, That's one of those where, you know, TCU's undefeated. Mayfield has a big game. Oklahoma wins. Suddenly, yeah, he gets a little more uh, Don't sleep up. on uh, Iowa State, man. Iowa State's been disrupting a lot of people's seasons this year. Have. TCU Cyclones. still has to get through them. They're and in the so. top 25. You don't see Iowa State <laughs> in the top 25 very often. They've had some big wins, though, and they've been playing yep. tough. Uh, the biggest one of uh, was in uh, Oklahoma. Sure. 
you know, sort of, I would say, ruining Oklahoma. Cinderella, beautiful, wonderful. I shouldn't say Cinderella since they're the, well, how about always the, the favorites. They but had still. a uh, blowout at Texas Tech. How long does uh, Ryan Gosling keep his job? Excuse me. <laughs> Cliff, uh, Kingsbury. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury at oh, Texas man. Tech. They've lost three of the last four games. They have no defense. And, and I mean, I understand. at Oklahoma today. I understand he's an offensive guy, but I don't know. I would say that you stay patient. Stay patient. I take the patient well, approach the patience in all this stuff. run out? I mean, well, five years, 10 years, 20 years? Um, at what uh, point do you say, okay, I've seen it, enough? It's different for everybody because it's, it's all well, let's kind talk of about your BYU. Have you seen enough with BYU? What, what's that? No. To make a change? Oh, at the head coach? Yeah. I'm, I mean, no. Because I, I, the problem at BYU isn't the head coach. I look at – I love Kalani. I, I, one I think, and seven. Well, 0 oh and 7 is how I'm right. going to say it. Yeah. You can't count the first game. Okay. I mean, when you get blown out at East Carolina. That's just a disaster. <laughs> what What is going on? But you're okay with the coach. I like the head coach. Let's now, if see you lose if to he San can... Jose State today, I forget it. He's no, going to be I'm... gone immediately. No, that's not how it's going to work. This guy, he's, he's a, this is what I like about Kalani. He is charismatic. Kids love him. He's a guy that uh, he's had success. <laughs> oh, come on. And it, it, San Jose State's one in seven. They've lost six straight listen, games. You can't lose this game. He's a guy that he needs to – he's a great he's – a, he's a fantastic kind of face-of-your-team guy. Ugh. What he needs is people around him that he can delegate because he's a delegator. He's right. not a guy that get, you know jumps in your lap and tries to do the work for you. Mm-hmm. He needs to get himself an offensive and a defensive coordinator that knows schemes. Now, I believe You're Ty – fire Ty Detmer? I'm not going to fire Ty. What I will do is I will make a concerted effort to bring in somebody that can help him game plan. Because right now right. Ty has no idea how to game plan. Correct. So they got to bring in somebody. I mean, who is it? I don't know. You got to dig – and you may have to give the guy more money. I mean, there's got to be, you know, certain. I mean, but he's basically got to be like Ty's tutor. Well, but my point about Detmer is when you have that kind of supreme brain for offense as he has, which kept him with a clipboard. But only from for a quarterback's 15, perspective. Well, that's, that's the my, problem. Exactly. He needs but to have he, it from he, the wide receiver's perspective, offensive line perspective, everybody. Translate what's in your head to yeah. the players. Then and, it serves you no well, good. You're not able. He's not. He, he, right now, I would. I would. I would say he just isn't teaching as well as he needs to. All right. Now, tough love. I'm going to get into a little tough love right now. So right. last night, the Lakers were hosting the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. And it was a competitive game. Uh, it was in the third quarter. Luke Walton is desperately trying to figure out how do we get this team to play defense? Something. Transition. Get back on defense. So in the third quarter, about four minutes to go, he took all his starters out of the game and specifically said, look, you got to get back on defense. So he brings them back in the game. Well, now there's like about first, four minutes to go in the game. Priority, yeah. And the Lakers are down eight. Four minutes to go. Still plenty of time. And he watched, again, them not getting back on defense. He took the entire starting lineup, including Lonzo Ball on his 20th birthday, sat him for the rest of the game. They lose by nine. And afterwards, he's saying, look, there's got to be a way for these guys to understand. If you don't play defense, you're not playing. Period. I mean, and and that's the thing is he's from the gold. I mean, just and it's not just Golden State and his success is there. But just when you look at the best basketball teams, their philosophies generally are, hey, we're going to start defensive, and that's going to lead to our offensive success. Right. That's why the Golden State Warriors have been so successful. Absolutely. You know, they didn't just, you know, and you got old Dan, D'Antoni over there. Is it Dan or D'Antoni? How Mike D'Antoni. D'Antoni, there it is. Dan. You got D'Antoni over yeah. there, who's the opposite. He's like, we're just going to throw up a bunch of threes. Absolutely. And we'll just, yeah, we'll worry about defense if we got to. And look, look where he's been. You know, mm-hmm. he's always, like, flirted with being in the championship, you know, but he's never getting there because you got to play defense 
And in, in you brought it up in the break here. Lonzo is shooting horrendously. Yes, he is and actually last. In, people there's think, 130 players in the NBA right now that have enough field goal attempts to qualify for field goal percentage. He is 130 out of 130 people, shooting, 31%. Think, yeah, people think that's an offensive problem, right? Yeah. No, it's actually a defensive problem because if you play better defense – you're now able to run and gun a lot more because you're you're more active. You're getting the lanes. You're 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 forcing more missed shots, which lead to the run and gunning, the the fast breaking. When that happens, and you got a guy like him leading the fast break, you're getting more numbers advantages. Yep. So you're getting three on twos, two on ones, even four uh, or five on four kind of situations. So all of a sudden, when you're in those advantageous positions where you have numbers the probability of your shots going in increases dramatically, and the defense hasn't had time to set up. So that's why he's saying, you got to start there. That's where we need to be, and then you'll see an uptick on the other side of the court. And so I, I like I where applaud, he's going. I agree. We'll I, see I, if it works, though, because you know how it is with some of these guys. It doesn't matter. Like, Luke could be the, just Mr. Cool Guy, that no matter what he says, no matter what he does, they just don't respect him. Well, you know that, and and again, remind everybody: Luke Walton was not hired by Magic Johnson no. or Rob Polinka. He's no. a holdover from the previous regime. But he's a likable guy. And of course, a he's a likable guy. But the question that goes is, a long way, because you. look, what you're doing right now with the Lakers is you're trying to entice LeBron James to come to LA. <laughs> he's got to be able to see something there he, that something. says, you know what? Okay, this is. I don't workable. know how much he has to see though, because. Whether they're a he has 500 team or whether they're a team that wins 30 games, if he arrives the moment he steps foot in Los Angeles, they're a contender. They're a contender, but, again, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about LeBron. So what would it take for the Lakers to get LeBron to come to L.A.? The answer is everything. In other words, he would have all call on everything, who the coach is going to be, what Hashtag players stay, who's coming in. Thank you very much. And I mean, they would have to give him shares of the team. team. Absolutely. So he I mean, could be a future owner. And if you're Magic Johnson, he even hesitate. What, what <laughs> no. do you want? Of course I would basically give, give him a blank check and just say, you know, without dismantling our team yeah. and our ability to, like, operate, what do you want? Well, what if he says, well, this guy, I'm not. I'm sold. I'm, I'm Julius Randle, get rid of this guy. Oh, I'd say, why not? And if all he right. gave a good reason, I'd say he's gone. <laughs> gone, exactly. I'm all about that. I mean, you gave, if you follow me on Twitter, and I'm at Brady Bapinga, by the way, that's my number one thing. People like will say the most outlandish claims, which everybody has a right to their opinion. Right. But don't give me baseless crap. Right. And it's the same thing with feedback. If somebody get, or a suggestion, if somebody gives you suggestions, like, well, tell me why. And if you can give me a good reason why, I'll I'll believe you, and I'll probably side with you. And I'd imagine that's how magic works. Mm. You know what I mean? If LeBron comes in and says, "Hey, we need to do X, Y, Z," and then he backs it up with some kind of you know cohesive philosophy that makes sense. Man, it's tough to to argue with that. So yeah, I mean, he as long as he comes in and he makes sense, which LeBron to me of all the basketball figures, and I'm including front office guys, owners, coaches, he's one of the most advanced intelligence wise guys of all of them. I mean, he he, he's he knows three, how four, to run a team. He really does, but he's three four steps ahead of everybody. Yeah, and we're, he's been this way for years. So uh, we're in the guy Fox Sports him. Radio studios. I want to get into the uh, Cam Newton situation. Oh. Uh, but let's first, it. let's bring on Gascon right now. Uh, David, David, we got a lot of undefeated teams in action right now. We got we got a few. I'll say that much. Well, I'll tell you this much with Wisconsin. They're doing some work right now against Illinois. Back in the eye formation, single wide receiver to the right is Kendrick Pryor. Fumagalli, wing left, motions right. Here's the handoff to Groshek into the line and into the end zone. Touchdown, Wisconsin. 
Badgers are up right now by 14-17-3. Illinois has not opposed a threat so far in the second half. There's about 14-12 to play in the fourth quarter. Number eight, Miami, leading by four at North Carolina. It's 17-13. Tar Heels are on the move right now, though. Oklahoma State putting it to West Virginia. Rudolph takes the ball, looking right. Now looks left, swings it out to the left side to King. He's hit, bounces off, diving toward the end zone. He's in! Pistols firing! Touchdown, Oklahoma State! J.D. King! Easy day for Mason Rudolph. 17 of 24, a buck 80, two TDs with his arm, one on the ground. Oklahoma State 30. West Virginia 10, Michigan. Well, they'll survive this week. They're taking on Rutgers, and they're up by 14, 28 to 14. Ole Miss leading Arkansas 31 to 28, and Texas large over Baylor 24 to 7, under three to play in the third quarter. Louisville getting clubbed at Wake Forest 35 to 10. Start of the third quarter in that affair. David. David. Well, Steve. Beef. You know, uh, David is a uh, versatile man, as you know. At times. Uh, I does a take... lot of play-by-play. Is there any sport you have not done play-by-play up? I have not done curling, team handball. Curling. <laughs> Get out of here. How about uh, racquetball? Curling, I've... by the way, is the number two sport in Canada. So that yeah. would be, yeah. And team play. handball is huge in Europe. Mm-hmm. Huge. All right. So uh, if they give you the call, though, you're ready to go. I am. All in right. fact, that is a bucket list thing. I'm sure you guys have bucket list <laughs> things. If you have an opportunity to call an Olympic event, I would love to do that. Mm. All right. Team handball Alrighty. is not on my bucket list. Nah. But maybe it should be. Listen, it might change with you taking some <laughs> testosterone shots. You know what? I'm so jacked right now. I can't even see straight. Uh, all right, David, thanks so much. I can't even see straight. <laughs> hey, we're coming to you so live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Put the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. It's easy to Oh, yeah. That's great. Easy to save 50% or more on car insurance to Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. The uh, Carolina Panthers got a problem, and his name is Cam Newton. And the one thing that's very apparent about Cam Newton is he's not changing anytime soon. So when things are going well for Cam Newton, he's great. Big smile on his face, gregarious, easy to deal with. But when they're not winning, and of course the loss to the Bears was just brutal considering the Bears only threw seven passes in the entire game. That was brutal. So they had, the, they had a news conference this week, and it was Classic bad Cam Newton. Yeah. Rolling of the eyes, pouty face. Yeah, a little too Ask a question, next question, next question, <laughs> next question, next question. Now, this is a guy that already lost a sponsor with his comment about the yeah. female reporter. As you know, if you're Jerry Richardson, this is the face of your franchise. What if some other sponsors of the franchise are getting a little uncomfortable with your quarterback? How do you deal with that? You just. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. The reason is, is Cam Newton is a franchise quarterback. Yes, he is. Franchise quarterbacks have a high level of tolerance because you just can't call up 1-800-QUARTERBACK and go get you one, okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is this all ties back to the Kaepernick situation. If, if that lawyer for Kaepernick wants to know why his guy doesn't have a job, look to Cam Newton. Why? Because if Kaepernick was as talented as Cam Newton, and was a franchise quarterback, he would have a job because teams are more than willing to put up with a lot of crap. The guy just needs to be a franchise quarterback. Unfortunately, Cam Newton is not, or excuse me, Kaepernick is not there. Cam Newton is. So they're going to put up with a whole lot of his antics as long as he keeps playing 
overall the way he has but this year. But here's what I don't understand about Cam Newton. All right, two years ago, league MVP, no questions. He had that big game at New England. Remember that game? Oh, yeah. Big, big game. Time. Big time. Then he followed up with another big game at Detroit. Back-to-back huge games. The Bears. Then they play the Eagles. Bad game, but okay, it's Philadelphia. But this Bears game was absolutely inexplicable. No touchdowns, two picks. They lose 17-3 to to the Bears. And by the way, one of those picks was a touchdown. Exactly. Okay, so you gave up seven points. So what happened? How was he Wills so good a Wills couple weeks off. ago, and now he's this bad? Wills fell off. Um, it, it's just who he but is. it's a mental thing. It is, because he came in so lackadaisical. He lost his edge because he's looking at the film. Right. And he's looking at it like, these guys are terrible, blah, 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 blah. And he goes into the game and just completely lays an egg. I mean, that is someone that just doesn't have the mental maturity. And that's why, I don't know what it was, it, when they were – what was that, two years ago when they were in the Super Bowl? Yeah, two years. Man, I mean, I just couldn't I couldn't pick those guys for this reason because he had such a lack of maturity mentally. Oh, I picked Denver in that, that game. That I was couldn't, documented. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I picked against Carolina, the divisional game when they played the Seahawks. Right. I picked against them again in the, the NFC game, against, championship games yeah. against the Cardinals, and I was like, I can't keep picking against and them. And they're blowing them out. And they're just dominating. And I was like, I, I got to pick them against the Broncos. I just had to. Be, but I, it, I went against my principle. And I shouldn't have because his colors, they were just ringing cl- loud as and clear. As soon as Von Miller had that strip of oh, him, he was broke done. Mentally. Remember that fumble where he didn't even go for it? He was broke. Flat out broke him. They yeah. broke him mentally and it wasn't very hard. No. And that's where he's at. And that's why he has these valleys that are just so low and terrible. But what these do you peaks. do if you're Ron Rivera? I mean, seriously, <laughs> what? I mean, if you were his head coach, oh how gosh. would you deal with Cam Newton? How would I deal like if, this roller coaster like, of emotion? Like how would I deal with him? Yeah, me personally. Yes. Oh, I would deal with him as I wouldn't put up with this crap. I would trade him away. You would. I would have traded him away in the offseason. Oh, you get a lot of that. You get some sweet assets for well, that of course, guy. He's twenty eight years old. He's gone. Oh, out of here. I'm gonna get in and I'm bringing in another quarterback. I can. I, I have a give trust. Give me a good fit with a coach. And Shula. Give that, me a, is there a coach out there that could? There's only one guy. To smooth him. Up. I'm not saying change him, but just smooth. There's him only one all guy. Over. There's only one guy. Belichick. It is Belichick. All right, so you think Belichick has an eye on him right now? Yeah, Belichick has I mean, an eye on everybody. I know he does. Belichick is two or three moves ahead of everybody. All right, so you got a forty-year-old Tom Brady. So I mean, let's speculate. Great, let's but, speculate. Yeah. I this is let's let's say all okay. of a sudden Tom Brady after this year. Yeah. Let's say his wife finally gets in his ear and right. says, "Hey, you know what? It's time to hang him up." Done. And let's say he does, and he hangs him up. Right. right? Okay. And now all of a sudden. Bill Belichick of the pages, they're looking for their next franchise guy. Yeah. I this is my my prediction of their next play isn't we're sticking with Jimmy. My prediction is is they're gonna get Jimmy and some other players packaged together, and they're gonna go after whoever they think is the best fit in New England, and they're gonna get him. How does Cam Newton fit in New England? But he doesn't fit in New England. Okay. That's the only problem. Okay. He's not gonna he's not gonna be on their list. He doesn't fit the kind of mentality that he needs up there to succeed in New England. Do you think he would look long-term or short-term? I mean, he's oh, not going to be around forever as he's a head gonna, coach. He, he's going to look for whoever he feels gives him the best chance to win forever, how, however long is possible. Really? How yeah. about Phillip Rivers? Um, Maybe. Not so By the way, uh, you know, we were he's mentioned only got, earlier. Phillip's only got a couple more years left. You know his history of not wanting to move. I, I, I wouldn't trust that he's going to be good mentally moving across country. He didn't want to move three hours up the road. Exactly. So I'm not I'm not going to Phillip Rivers. By the way, a little note on today's char- or tomorrow's Chargers-Patriots game. Nick, I know you got your Charger cap. Here's a bad stat for you. Phillip Rivers <laughs> all-time against New England is 1-6. That one win was the year that Brady was hurt. 
That was the year of Matt Castle. So he has never beaten Tom Brady, ever. Not well, once. It might be this week. Could be this week. If this, if if, if nineteen ninety two repeats Bosa, itself, look at that four man front oh, is sweet. working wonders for the sacks. The problem is run. The middle of their defense is empty. Yeah, and they're basically saying we'll, we'll let you run the ball on us, but we don't think you're going to be able to beat us with the run. And now what they're doing That's is not going to work. With now the what Gus Bradley's doing that defensive front of the Chargers is on passing situations they're throwing def- four defensive ends on the front. They yeah, got it's a like what, out there. They're throwing yeah. everybody out there. Well, that's what Spagnuolo did with uh, the Giants when they won the Super Bowl in 07 against but those But isn't Patriots. it true when you're playing Brady, if you're going to be most effective, he can handle the edge rush. It's, a bit it's of push. up the middle. Yeah, and it's it's pressure too. But, yeah, it's up the middle that, that counts most. They're, they're built. The Chargers are more built to stop the Patriots than any other team. But the one thing the Patriots have done a nice job of, they really – got to one side of the spectrum of terms of being a finesse-style offense. And it happened with Randy Moss there. And it right. was, you know, to where they're just saying, look, we're going to spread you out. Tom's going to call the plays. They're going to adjust mid-play. And we're just going to gash you. And we're going to call and and adjust to the best plays to beat your defense. And it was almost unstoppable. But the thing that happened is they they lost their edge of being able to run the ball. Right. What has happened recently is they've done a, a concerted effort of going back to being a physical, or having at least that element available. That's what I think it's going to be How a game of England, against San Diego. It's going to or Los Angeles Chargers. It's going to be a game of physicality because they see the same thing we are. They see the Chargers can't stop the run, and their strength is rushing the passer. They're going to bring a lot of two back, two tight end sets, and make them play old school traditional now, football. I tell you, what, Brady's been sacked eighteen times already, so it is strength versus weakness in that yeah. respect. But here's something: you were on the money. New England defensively, worst team in the league, at least in the argument for the first six weeks. Suddenly, they look like an entirely different sh- defense. So, I mean, they even slow hmm. down Julio Jones in Atlanta. So, oh, yeah. what did they do? What did Belichick do to get that defense turned around? Well, let me look here. For, okay, well, the thing that he did is he made it to where he could he, – he, he understood his, his defense. He understood yeah. who he had, and then, okay, what did they do well? Okay, this is what they do well. Now this is how we're going to adjust the scheme. Like I told you at the beginning of the year, they had so many new faces. Yes. Marsh is the new one. Uh, these linebacker, right. backer, 90-something is his number. Right. But he uh, he was a guy that just showed up like five days before the first game of the season. You don't know what he can do well and what he absorbs well and he's naturally good at. Now, But the biggest change they did it was from the Cam Newton game where Cam yeah. scorched him to that game right. Thursday night against uh, Tampa. He went from playing a lot of man to zone. Mm-hmm. That and and it worked really well. He's been doing that now more than ever. They're playing far more zone, which he's realizing his secondary. And but one guy they will match him up with. It's almost like a boxing win in basketball is Malcolm Butler. That he felt comfortable enough to match him up on certain guys. And so that's one of the big adjustments they've made. But the biggest thing they've done is now they're just putting their guys in better position to succeed because of the fact that they know them better. And uh, and the biggest stat that matters. I mean, they still give up a lot of yardage. It's just scoring, right? Exactly. I mean, I got, and that's why I was going to look at was the Patriots. I mean, since they're 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 kind of like coming to Jesus moment, which right when they got ripped by Carolina. When yeah, the the, the Carolina. I mean, they haven't given up. I believe over last twenty couple points weeks, since. Yeah, yeah. The last couple of games they've been able to. And it, set yeah, it down. it's been 14, 17, 7 Yeah, have been the amount of points they've given up. That, ladies and gentlemen, is phenomenal. That's an average of twenty four, thirty eight divided by three. That's like. Less than 13 points a game. That's the number one ranked defense right there in three weeks. 
Let me ask you this. And so, yeah, don't don't doubt Belichick. Don't doubt Patricia. Those guys know their stuff. All right, you obviously played on a highly successful Packers team, and you had a great career. But you ever wonder what would have happened had you been on the New England team? How oh. would Belichick oh my have used you in his defense? I'll say this. There could be a high likelihood that I'd be – when do you go into the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Five years after you retire? That this summer – or yeah. some time yeah. after that, that we would be having a talk about a Hall of Fame induction speech. So, how is there a player that you could compare how you would have played in that kind of a defense? Yeah, I mean, Again, like a Mike, exploiting what you do. Yeah, best. like a like Roosevelt Colvin. Yeah, you know Willie McGinnis. Right. The 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 Vrabels. That sure. would have been like the kind of style I would have brought to the game. Right. I mean, it should, and I'm, I'm not, I mean, who knows if I'd been Hall of Did, any, did fact, anybody I mean, benefit more from sarcastic. that New England defense than Teddy Bruschi? Uh, no, I mean, he, he yeah, he did a lot. <laughs> they, I mean, no, I say benefit from playing there. Yeah. I mean, Bruschi was a great college player, as I know, but yeah. you've always been a little lukewarm on. Well, no, I mean, he was perfect for what they asked of him, but he could Exactly. Like, I, I'll, t- I'll, g- I'll give you this. All those guys I mentioned yeah. could not have come and done the thing that I did for the Packers for four years right. and been successful. Yes. They'd have been extremely frustrated. The best example of that is a gentleman by the last name of Bell. He played mm-hmm. for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sure. 3-4 defense. He went and tried to play my position for the Kansas City Chiefs. Go look at his stats, how it worked out for him. He actually was out of the league. Mm-hmm. Because it's a whole nother world. He didn't get a lot of attention. You don't get the sacks or the spa- splash plays. So you don't get like the same kind of buzz around you. But it's far more difficult. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. One of the big questions for football coaches is: What's a better gig, an elite job in college or the NFL? Money points one. Harbin and Papinga, Fox Football Saturday. Great news! Quick way to save money: switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. I saw a story, Brady, Yeah, talking about college football coaches' salaries. Okay. The highest-paid coach in America, pro or college, is Nick Saban. And it's not even close, right? He makes $11 million this year, which is $3 million more than the highest-paid NFL coaches, Pete Carroll and Sean Payton each make $8 million. Belichick, 7.5. Wow. Saban is making 11. And by the way, Dabo oh, Sweeney is also making more money than any NFL coach, $8.5 million at Clemson. That's absolute. That's cool. But what about the players? Thank you very much. We need to get the players paid. I mean, if you're Nick Saban, I mean, it's not Nick Saban's job to go give people money. Let me just make that clear. Correct. But there's more than enough room there. In my, and what I'm saying is there's more than enough room for any university in this scenario to take a chunk of what they would be paying their coaches, I mean, a couple million, and having that go to the players. I mean, the system has – my point is, is they talk like the system doesn't have enough money in it to pay the exactly. players. Exactly. Get out of here. If you're paying your coaches that much, there's more than enough money somewhere to take it from one spot and put it in the players' pockets because they're the ones making that money. It's just not the coaches. The coaches are earning it too. Don't get me wrong. But the players are equally deserving of getting paid. All right, here's what's so obscene of what's going on in the college. And, again, I don't blame anybody for accepting the money they throw at you. No, that has nothing to do with it. Deal. Yeah. But my point, and, again, you're right bullseye on that. And let's take it a step further because, as we know, and I have two boys in college and a daughter going to be there in a couple of years, the cost of college has gone up through the roof. Yeah. Wait till your four kids hit the college level. It's out of sight. And as we know, everyone's taking out these loans. 
I mean, we have student debt over a trillion dollars in this country, over a trillion dollars. And, of course, with all this money flowing out there, they're like, well, let's just grab as much as we possibly can, which in turn also allows them to to pay these insane salaries for essentially a school administrator. Because when you think about it, a football coach, in essence, to the university – is the equivalent of a professor. They run the football program, just like yeah. someone runs the science department or the humanities, whatever. Eleven million dollars for a coach. I mean, Harbaugh's getting seven million, or Meyer six point four million. How about this? Rich Rod is the fifth highest college football coach in America. Rich Rodriguez, really coming up that three and nine year at Arizona, <laughs> five point six million dollars. Wow, for Rich Rod down there at Arizona, and they don't want anything. Well, so. Hey. There has to be a good deal, but it, this money didn't just come out of thin air. This is the, all that television money. It's being yeah. funneled in the universities, plus the insane hike in tuition costs. I mean, everything. I mean, th- these colleges are just money is just pouring out yeah. everywhere. Well, you go to a lot of these schools, and they're literally because they they have no idea what to do with the excess money because they can't pay their players. Thank you. Oh, let's go rebuild this building that last. Two years ago, it was already re, right. re, you know, yeah, just rebuilt. Just tear down the or, building, build a new one. Yeah, it was just, you know, yeah. dig. It's like when I worked at a construction site, like they didn't have work for us to do. So, like, yeah, you know those ditches you guys dug yesterday. Why don't you go fill those back in, and then go <laughs> dig some more ditches over here, and then tomorrow you'll fill those back in. You know what I mean? It's just like we have no, well, we have so much money, these, we don't know what to do with it. How about it's these terrible. college? You have a like, a, you have like a college football coach. You hear this all the time. He signed, let's say, through the year twenty twenty two, and then they extend him until twenty thirty two. I mean, it's like. Who, where is this happening? What world are you living in right now? So Crazy. my thought is, if I had a supreme job like that Alabama job or yeah. one of those jobs, why would I go to the NFL? You wouldn't. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Could be a new look in the NFL. Oh, what a Saturday it has been with much more to come. It's Harbin and Papinga coming alive from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Coming up in 15 minutes, I'll update you on where I stand with the Heisman Trophy. Coming up in 15 minutes, my top three. And in about uh, half an hour from now, kickoff of the game of the day as Penn State, number two in the country on the road against Ohio State. It's one of those games where Urban Meyer will earn his money or not. $6.4 million. I mean, it's oh, at man. home. And, of course, they laid an egg against Oklahoma at home yeah, yeah. earlier this year. Is Penn State the second-best team in the country? We're going to find out. I'm going to tell you this, though. I would say you prior to prioritize every game in college football because you know that every game has a an impact on where you end up in the standings and ultimately with, with your chances of winning. But even so, there's still a different emphasis that's put on interconference games versus out-of-conference games. Right. And so my point is is – how Ohio State played against Oklahoma isn't going to be how they're going to approach this game against Penn State because everybody knows as good as anybody. What, two years ago when they won that uh, ESPN College Football Playoff Tournament, they literally lost one game, Virginia Tech I think it was, and then they, they did great into their their conference, won their conference championship, got into the tournament. So he knows that you can, you can lose one Oklahoma as long as you do well with your interconference play. So today they're going to be a lot more focused. Today they're going to be on it. They're going to play really well. And if Penn State can go in there and knock them off with Ohio State in that kind of mode, 
It goes a long way to saying, yeah, they are the top couple teams talking about Penn well, State. Well, I'm country. just looking right now at these undefeated teams, and I'm saying, you know, we, we assume Clemson was there, and then Clemson did what they did last year. They lost to Pittsburgh last year, lost to Syracuse, inexplicable loss. Not going to be fatal to them by any means if they run the table, win the ACC championship. But when I look at undefeated Penn State or Georgia or TCU, Wisconsin, Miami, I mean, I'm, I'm even going to lose. But let, let's take those top four teams, all right? Is that is that a good Final Four? I mean, if you were to have TCU, Georgia, Alabama, and Penn, and Penn State? State. By the way, that's two SEC teams. Yeah, I'm not going with two. I, I, we we don't need two teams from the SEC. All right, so take that take that Clemson, out in a neutral. Washington State, uh, Washington's out of it, right? Well, the Pac-12's out. That I don't SC, know if they're out. The I SC loss was fatal because that blowout loss by USC was fatal. Fatal to the Pac-12. Because, because you're basically saying to make the, pa- the whole Pac-12 look like it's Terrible, diluted. because even if, wa- let's say Washington or Washington State runs the table, the winner of that game gets in the Pac-12 championship game against SC and wins, okay? Doesn't mean much. Doesn't mean anything. Yep, they got a problem there in the Pac-12. Pac-12's out. Yeah. I, well, then maybe there is two teams that come in from the SEC because I'm not a big believer in the Big 12. Well, but, I mean, if Georgia goes undefeated, let's say if undefeated Georgia, undefeated Alabama in the SEC championship game. They're, they're, you're both. You're, you're going to say they're both in. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Should they be both in? Well, it all depends everywhere else. I don't think they should, but it all depends. All right. I mean, it, what it's about all TCU? a contextual deal. Let's say the winner of the TCU-Oklahoma game. Let's say Oklahoma beats TCU. So they both have one loss? Well, then they also have a, pack, a Big 12. How's that Big 12 championship game work? The top two? What are they doing there? It's the top two ranked teams. There's no, it's, there's no division. <laughs> I know that. So dumb. And they're going to have a championship yeah. game? Eh, it's just dumb. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I have a hard time putting anybody from the Big 12 in there. I mean, because, mm-hmm. okay, I guess you have the Oklahoma to the Ohio State connection. Right. Which gives you some kind of relativity. But it's early in the season. I I, I struggle with that because it's early. The teams are always improving. I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe ask, it is. Maybe this you can make sense. To me, you can make sense out of that. That makes sense to me. So maybe now Big 12 team, TCU, Oklahoma's tough. I don't know. But that Iowa State loss is looking a little bit better than it was. So yeah, I I would say you're you're pretty good there. Actually. Well, now think we about this break scenario. It, I just haven't thought about it that deep. But now that you're starting to break it down, it seems that – that could be a scenario, uh, but I still believe there's got to be a Pac-12 team in there somewhere. I can't just go and say the USC-Notre Dame game is going to be the tell-all games. How about, how about this scenario? Let's say Wisconsin goes undefeated okay. into the Big Ten championship game, and they play an undefeated Penn State team, all right? Mm-hmm. And Wisconsin wins on some flukish last-second field goal thing, and then you have one loss Penn State – you beat Michigan, beat Ohio State on the road, beats Michigan State on the road, and then loses some flukish, you know, Big Ten championship game. Are they out? Are they in? Well, we all we learned one thing last year with Penn State. Mm-hmm. They don't have a big enough name, at least to the committee, to where the name that, alone is going to get them in. How do they not have a big enough name? They don't travel. Well, apparently, they get 100,000 fans for every Apparently, game. they chose Ohio State over Penn State last year, and Penn State won the conference. Yes, so to me, and the, they the, beat Ohio State, and they beat Ohio State. So I mean, yeah. the name thing is a big deal, right? So that would li- I, they're they're not getting in. A, they have to win the Big Ten outright, undefeated, unless they have some crazy game to and like, they made for TV, or, ESPN playoff, exactly. Or they have a uh, 
you know, one of the, like today, let's say I have a tight game with Ohio State and Ohio State ends up winning, but then Penn State goes on to win and they still find a way to win the conference. Okay, that's another scenario they can get into the playoff without winning, but they got to win the Big Ten again. We are not mentioning one team, though, and that's Notre Dame. If Notre Dame runs the table, and that's saying a lot because they got a lot left on their schedule, but if Notre Dame, remember their only loss was to Georgia. Yeah. One Which loss, is Notre Dame now. is guaranteed to be in that four. I mean, they and again, they're not in a conference. So Notre Dame is Notre Dame. They die to get Notre Dame into that four-school playoff. Oh, it's a big, yeah. And if Notre game. Dame runs the table, they're yeah. in. One loss, Notre Dame guaranteed will be in that four-school four playoff. And that means yet another Power so got, five conference could be on the outside so they looking. They got in. Wake Forest today. Then they got Miami and Navy, which is you know well. That's Miami's tough. undefeated. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm a little eh, lukewarm on Miami. Right, then they got Stanford. That's a tough one. I mean, Notre Dame. I don't know. They're you know they're going to they be in if they a, run the table. Well, they have to because of the name and yes. because of everything. But are, the question is, are they deserving? And they're not. They're not. They need to get into a conference. Well, they had a one point loss to Georgia, and that's it. They need to get into a. They need to get into a conference. But they, they have are, some quality opponents on that schedule. They're okay, but I mean, these aren't like. They're not like those kind of galvanizing opponents that when you beat them, okay, you're absolutely one of the best teams in the country. We know that you're in. There's there isn't an opponent like that left, you know. Well, and so I I don't I don't say because to me it, it would make this a lot easier for Notre Dame. You already you already have a pretty big ACC schedule. Just become part of the ACC conference. And, and give up their network contract no. where they get every penny from NBC? No, no chance. No, no, no. What? You make a deal with NBC and say, hey, we're going to keep the same deal. We're just going to we're going to literally play in the ACC conference. Well, wait, but- the ACC ain't going to go for that. They're going to say, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're in the conference. you got to share the money. No, that's not part of the deal. Then they'll say, we'll stay ourselves. I'm well, telling you right I'm now. We're not taking you then. Then they will, they'll never get into a conference, and they'll most likely never have a chance at the ESPN. All right, so you're saying that if you're national the, football they're hosting four teams rank NC State today. They're at Miami, and Miami could be undefeated for that game. And then they wrap up with that Stanford hasn't lost a game in five weeks. That's that's not representative of a, of a schedule worthy to be in the final four. Oh, yeah, four? I skipped last week. You're right. I was reading that. Okay, wait. NC State is a good one. I, I, yeah. I skipped that one. Sorry, I was looking at Wake Forest. Got the date mixed You're up. Right. No, yeah, but NC State's a good one. You know, NC State's got a – they got a – yeah, I mean, NC State's I a mean, good team. I mean, Notre Dame really throws a wrench in it. I mean, they could – you know, you, again, if you had – imagine if Alabama – let's say Alabama got upset in the SEC championship game, again, by some flukish one-point, two-point loss to Georgia. One loss Alabama. They're going to be shut out of that four? No way. No way. No. Well, no, no, no. Not with their name recognition. But, yeah, and NC State, they've had a nice schedule. I mean, their big – NC State's biggest win is Louisville. I know. I guess you could say Syracuse. You know, now it looks like a better win since Syracuse knocked off Clemson. But – They beat NC State. But, again, I go back – at Miami and at hey, Stanford. If they go undefeated, I almost I almost think they're going to get in because yes. it's Notre Dame. But they don't. My, my point is they don't deserve it. So you say a one-loss Notre Dame team is not more deserving than, let's say, a one-loss Penn State team? No. No. No, because they have to go through the whole conference. You know, I, I, top it all the off. The whole conference? Whole... How, how loaded is the Big Ten? Well, it's pretty big. But then you got to also go. That, that playoff there, the playoff, the championship game to me is what, what puts it over the top. Because not only do you go through the whole conference play, but then you have to win that, like, winner-take-all game. Right. Because you're basically putting your whole season on the line for mm-hmm. that one game. Notre Dame doesn't have to take that risk. 
You know what I mean? So I know. why should they get the same reward when they don't have to expose themselves well, to the same thing? Well, same thing for your BYU Cougars. No risk for them this year. Well, <laughs> they're 0 and 7 right now. 1 so, and 7. You got uh, a Portland State not, win, man. Uh, I don't care. By the way, that's also the only team that Oregon State beat this year was Portland State. Portland State's <laughs> a savior for a lot of oh schools my gosh, out there. They have at least one How about W. Baylor this year. Winless. Doesn't surprise me after the fallout they had. Jeez. I mean, I, you knew they would be worse, but I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, man, it's that's what happens. Does anybody want that job? I mean, no, look what Art Bryles, he comes in, he wins, and basically, you know, they're all excited. No complaints when the RG3 is winning Heisman's and they follow it up with that big run and everything else. Oh, then he's cheating or he's doing this and running a, an insane asylum to get rid of 0-8. How's that tasty? <laughs> Bitter. Woof. No good. No good. No good. Woof. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Notre Dame, man, it's going to be fascinating because you're going to have some tick. Because if you go, if you put Notre Dame in there, I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. If you put Notre Dame in there, you're probably not putting in a Big 12 team. And what if TCU was undefeated? That's what I'm saying. I, I guarantee A one-loss Notre Dame team versus undefeated yes, TCU? They'll get in because of the name. Wow. That's they're not, I mean, that's the big <laughs> issue right now Woo. that uh, the committee even, would do. Even a one-loss Oklahoma team that would have a win against TCU uh, and Notre a win at in. Ohio State. Are you kidding me? If I had to choose between Notre Dame versus anybody in the Big 12 – and I'm all about making money. But it's money. Oklahoma. I know, but I'm all about making money. I'm going Notre Dame. Notre wow. Dame has a way bigger following than Oklahoma. I Don't you agree? they do. They yeah. do. They do. I'm all telling right. you, it's all about the money. Woof. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Hey, it's not just about who's going to get to the four-school playoff. It's also about that big trophy they hand out to the best college football player in the country. My Heisman update coming up next. Been at Papinga Fox Football Saturday. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right. Hey, it's that time. It's the Heisman Update. 10-5 touchdown. Heisman Update. Well, I don't know if you know this, but I do have a Heisman vote. I mentioned to you I got the little package from the Heisman Trust Last year's program. That's right. sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. All the specifics as you get ready for the Heisman vote. Uh, right now, as far as I'm concerned, there's three guys in the conversation, but that could change dramatically today. Mm. But this is based on last week's games. So here is my current number three. Chris, pitch it to Love. Bryce picks his spot. Bryce has a crease. I don't think they're going to catch him. 40, 30, 20, 10, and another long touchdown run for Bryce Love. This guy is unbelievable. Do you realize, even though he did sit out this Thursday game, in every game he has played this year, he's had at least one 50-yard run. Wow. In that's every game. Phenomenal. Is that, a, is that something that, that's I, never been done before? I, I don't what? know if they have that record. I, I That'd be tough to Seven track. games in which you've had at least a 50-yard run. That's outrageous. And he's averaging 10.3 yards a carry. Averaging. Now, who's uh, has anybody ever averaged double figures for a season? Well, let me go back. Yeah, go back for me to see. Now, I mean, uh, Greg Pruitt back. Uh, you don't know him, but Pruitt back in the in the 70s was an outstanding NFL player. Played in the wishbone of the University of Oklahoma. His junior averaged 9.4 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. But Glenn Davis, the Heisman Trophy winner, 1946, Mister Inside, Mister Outside at Army, the legendary Army teams of the War Years. Uh, his sophomore and junior year, both years, he averaged 11 and a half yards a carry. Oh. But he didn't carry the ball nearly as many times. Of course. So, so this uh, would be the first modern guy. Absolutely. Modern guy to average over 10 yards a carry. 10 yards a carry. Bryce Love. And is, it didn't hurt him that he was hurt. So 
Yes, and doesn't that doesn't if anything it would help them because yeah. they were so miserable without him yeah. uh, showing his value to the Stanford team. Here's my current number two. Baker, snap. He will keep it himself. Runs right side into the end zone. Baker Mayfield a touchdown, and the Sooners are on top in Manhattan. All right, so Baker Mayfield, let me get this straight. In his three years at Oklahoma, his first year at Oklahoma, he finished third in the nation in passing efficiency. Uh Last year, he was first in the nation in passing efficiency. And currently, he's first in the nation in passing efficiency. Yet nobody talks about any future for him in the NFL. Please explain why. Why does Baker Mayfield have no future? Am I missing something? No, he has a future. I don't know. Like, whoever says that is – Discounting. Well, I, what I don't hear. I mean, I hear guys can do because I, the reality is, is that you're in a situation to where you get a chance. You're going to go out and do it. I mean, he's there's guys. It's not like there hasn't been guys before him with his size. I mean, right. Doug Flute is a dinky little dude. Drew Brees is the biggest guy in the world. Russell right. Wilson is the biggest guy exactly. in the world. I'm yeah. So whoever says that they're just they're being overly critical of this kid. But the reality is, is he's going to get a chance, and we're going to see if he's going to be able to go and develop in some kind of NFL player. But uh, you can't just all of a sudden destine somebody to have some kind of a destiny that uh, uh, has basically has already been proven that is already attainable. Well, like, remember, I mean, this, like is this guy, guy is – and if he was like a triple option quarterback, let's right. say, like uh, Tim Couch. Sure. Okay, maybe you could say, okay, yeah, because we haven't seen him throw the ball like you'd expect the guys to throw the ball. In Mayfield the, uh, can run. We know he, he's got he legs. He can run. He can buy time. The thing that, to me, is which is the number one trait in a quarterback is can the guy create. Can the guy elongate yeah. a play and stress a defense? He can't. So well, right now he's I don't believe he, that. He's saving Oklahoma because they have no defense at Oklahoma, so he's having to carry yeah, that but, team. But what threw me off there is I'm watching this NC uh this uh, North Carolina Miami game. Right. And North Carolina just scored a touchdown with uh about three oh two to go in the game. Went for two. They went for two and their quarterback rolls out mm-hmm. in a two point conversion and th- and there's nobody open. He throws it into the stands. It's like you should give your guys a chance because the exactly. worst case Why would scenario, you throw it in the stands? Yeah, the worst case scenario, I guess they could pick it off and run it back. Well, right now they went points, for an onside but... kick and Miami recovered, so Miami will stay undefeated, most likely. Here. Well, no, North Carolina's got three timeouts left. All right, well, Mark Rank to look at him. Yeah, they have more than enough time here to stay in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're if you're North Carolina, you're just playing to win at All this right, point. Well, but there's more than enough time. Speaking of winning, who's yeah. going to win the Heisman Trophy? Got one more. Here to we go. go. Here, here we go. is my current number one, Barkley. To his left through the hole, 35, 40. There goes Barkley, 50, 35, 25, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Mr. Electricity. Lights it up at Beaver Stadium tonight. Unbelievable as we hear Saquon Barkley taking the lead of my Heisman pull. First play for Miami after recovering the onside kick. Fumble. And North Carolina recovers. That is on unreal. Miami side of the field, by what the way. What happened here? That's called the big time hit. Right wow, there, but number twenty-three of North strip. Carolina. Are you, what are you doing? That's hey, man. That's just uh, a better defensive play right there. That's that's beautiful. That's what that's what you call the old you as you're tackling the guy, you're dislodging the ball. A lot of guys. How just, good were you at stripping in football? Can you do it? Yeah, you can do it. But the, the thing is, it takes tremendous timing. I mean, it's it's more of a luck. Who was the best you ever saw at that? Ability? Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson. Masterful ball. So what does skills. it do? It's it's sort of like you know you. you you, you gotta the, have the, the loose. No, it's like you gotta you gotta somehow get your hand up there. Yeah. at the right time when the ball because the guys are taught to have how many pressure? I think there's three points of pressure with your hand, right? Your uh, your uh, forearm and then up against like your pec, low Correct. pec yeah, area. Makes sense. Yeah, and you want to time it up to where they just slightly, slightly let exactly. it off it's your chest, timing. and right. then you. And Charles had this innate ability to stick his hand up in there just. 
as there was just, I mean, it was unbelievable. He's able to, but I mean, most of this is just luck. You know, yeah. you're just hitting it right at that moment of justice and moment of truth, and that's what happened there. And now, well, North this is Carolina interesting because Miami undefeated right moving now, moving down the field, uh, yeah. and uh, two fifty six to go in this game. North Carolina trailing twenty four nineteen. They had just scored one for two to try to cut it to oh. three. Catch the ball. It's called. We're not playing volleyball there. Catch this was a run pass ball. option for a. This is a run pass option for North Carolina. Quarterback did a nice job reading the defense. He pulled the ball out of the belly of the quarterback, threw it to the tight end up the seam, and then literally he was playing volleyball. He's trying to set it to somebody. Now, but anyway, I mentioned back to the Heisman uh, yeah, right now. Yeah. That that seems to be the top three, but JT Barrett today definitely has a chance to get into so it. So you would say right now, is he sitting at number four? Or are there he a is lot sitting of at guys number four because he had four. the opportunity. Okay. I mean, you know, he's at Ohio State. He's got the name recognition. He's been on a roll. I mean, he's the third rated uh, quarterback in the nation passing efficiency, but Oh, there's a late hit out of oh bounds. Oh, my goodness. That they was, don't call that. Where's the, oh, there the flag. it is. Finally, it came. That guy was five yards out of bounds. Oh, my goodness. And he did it on the Penn State sideline. Okay. So now there's a melee on the sideline. Oh, my goodness. What a cheap shot. Yeah, but, I mean, that's, you know, Miami. Are you throwing out of the game immediately remember, on that? Remember Miami and back in the day where oh, they were yeah. known to be somewhat on the edge? That's when they changed the rules. They changed the rules because of them. But, yeah. I mean, they won. Okay. The thing is, is this costs you games. So you're asking about Mark Rick getting the talent to pull together. This is part of the deal. This is one of those factors. Getting your guys to play smart so they understand what their actions ultimately mean for the outcome of the game. There's a time and a place if you want to send a message – you can do that at a time and a place during a game. You sure, want to hit a guy, but not when you're up five and trying to uh-uh. run out the clock. Look at Mark. No, Rick. I mean, he's, he's just going. He's going crazy because it, it, it's absolute stupidity from the player's part. You got to have enough composure. What do you in that do situation. to a player like that? You got to teach him. Like you can't. You got to teach him. Sometimes it's tough love. Sometimes you got to just sit him down. And I mean, oh. but you got to teach him. I mean, in that moment, you got to let him know, hey. There's a time and a place to be overly aggressive, and then there's a time and a place to where you're smart and you're using your Watch head. Watch this replay. I mean, he's so far out of bounds. I mean, it's not even close. And then he gives him the extra shove. I mean, look at this. Right there, you pull up. and you, Boom. I mean, I get he was, like, getting ready to lunge, but you also have to anticipate the Doesn't guy's going out of bounds. Doesn't help when you do it on the other school's sideline. Yeah, but he was so far out of bounds. Oh, my. Close. God, just, ah. Look at him pushing him on there. And that's, and that's got to be for North Carolina. Well, North Carolina now is down to the 37-yard line. Oh, yeah. They're uh, and again, this would be a position. major upset. Miami going in undefeated. One I of go, only eight yeah. undefeated teams left. Go RPL right now. Look to the left side. Mm-hmm. On the left side of the formation, there's trips, and there's only two guys in coverage. RPL, left side. There you go. That's exactly what they did. Oh, and it and fumbled. he fumbles. Oh, but oh my gosh. Like North Carolina got it back. No, it looks like Miami now recovered. Oh, my goodness. Ball control, ladies and gentlemen. Miami has the ball. Oh, unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. Miami gets the ball back with 2 11 to go. And look at these coaches. They're so flipping emotional. You know mm, why? Yeah. Because these guys are getting fired or they're making money based off of these little 18 oh, to 22 year old kids. The ball. Oh, oh, nice strip. It was almost the identically same thing. And yeah, Miami got it. Miami oh. for surely got it. But wow. So now wow. if you're, I mean, look, you still got time if you're North Carolina. You're going to have to go out there and play again. Tough run defense. You got two timeouts left. You know, you don't have the two-minute warning like you do in the NFL, but there's still time to elongate the game. What is, if you're after, after fumbling the last time, what are you, what are you telling your running back right oh, now? Two hands. Just two hands. 
And I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm pulling them out of the game. Does North Carolina friend. still have all their timeouts on they this have game? Two. They have I two. I thought I saw left. on there, but I right. couldn't tell. But uh, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio game. studios. We'll keep you updated on this battle again. Miami trying to stay undefeated. Oh, check that. They still got their three timeouts left. They're right. fine. They're fine. David brings uh, coming back. David, unbelievable, crazy game going on at North Carolina. <laughs> Time so out. One good game that's going on. 24 yeah. to 19, number eight. Miami leads in that affair late in the fourth quarter. As far as other games today, Wisconsin, they took care of Illinois, 24 to 10. Oklahoma State and West Virginia got close. Rudolph takes the ball, looking right. Now looks left, swings it out to the left side to King. He's hit, bounces off, diving toward the end zone. He's in. Pistols firing. Touchdown, Oklahoma State. J.D. King. Cowboys leading right now by 12, 43 to 31, under seven minutes to play in the fourth quarter there. Michigan survives to take care of Rutgers, 35 to 14. Arkansas, they come from behind. They were down big in this game and then beat Ole Miss late in the fourth quarter and go ahead score. 38 to 37 is the final. And Baylor now 0 and 8 on the season. They got dropped at home by Texas, 38 to 7. Wake Forest taking care of Louisville, under a minute to play in this one. And Wake Forest leads 41-25. to Lamar Jackson this game was relatively quiet. 24-41, 268 yards passing, no TDs, and also one INT. And going back real quick, gentlemen, Will Greyer of Western, uh, Western Virginia, uh, three picks in the ball game, so mm. obviously not helping the cause at, at home. Uh, so obviously that's to their demise right now. So looking to fall to Oklahoma State. It's all for right now. Got big games later on today. That includes oh. Steve's UCLA Bruins. Well, that's not one of the big games. But. No, I, I, <laughs> yeah, in Penn fact, State I'm, and I'm, Ohio State. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm like you said, right now kicking off. Here's what you got. You got Penn State, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida, TCU at Iowa State, North Carolina State, Notre Dame, UCLA, Washington, Michigan State, Northwest. That's yeah. all kicking off right now. Yeah. Those sick games right now. That's a now. big time. That are, those are that's some big time college that's football. That's what we want. All right, David, good stuff, man. Absolutely good stuff. By the way, uh, if you missed it earlier, Florida uh, again struggling this year. Three and three. They're three and two in the conference. George has been a big surprise this year. Not only undefeated, but they handed Notre Dame their only loss of the season. But Jim McElwain, you know, he came from Colorado State. To sort of steady the ship, I thought it was a great hire by Florida. You bring a guy from yeah. Colorado State who's had success there. Remember, he was a be- he was a guy under uh, Nick Saban in Alabama. Exactly, defense. Yeah. So, and then by the way, you speak of you know Alabama guys. You know, look at Georgia's coach, how he's doing right now. Well, anyway. I think that's what's sort of throwing my Florida off. They're yeah. like, we got the wrong guy. Yeah. Which is come on, have but, some patience. But anyway, man. so you, so you got him doing a good job, McElwain. He's he's gotten to back to back SEC championship games, sort of right of the ship. Three and three start, struggling with a freshman quarterback, and now they want his head. Yeah. And now they're talking about a buyout in his contract. Like this is out there that it's not going to help or, anything. I mean, no, that's I the mean, thing. who's going to come into Florida? Yeah. What's your alternative? It? You're going to see Spurrier's walking Meyer? the hallways as we found <laughs> Apparently out. Apparently teaching some class. <laughs> Wait a I couldn't why, imagine. Why that. would Spurrier wow. be lurking around? I mean, Spurrier's seventy-one years old. What, what's the deal there? I mean, is he just hanging hanging in the hallways? Or oh yeah, man. He's just he's got out. he's got zillions of dollars in the bank. Obviously. I guess I, mean, I don't know. Maybe they're paying him to be there. I, what, I mean, what if, what if they turn to him and say, "Hey, coach, you want to come back?" Oh, that'd be just terrible. He'd be he's not he's lost it, man. I mean, when you get to a certain age, well, he some did coaches well at South Carolina. Yeah, some coaches just become 
pure like I mean I guess the Bill Schneider down there in yeah. Kansas State done wonders. Remember when Kansas State went into the dumps and he's like, all right, well, come out got, of retirement. He, and he gonna, retired and they brought him back and he did well and he's know? done well. But sometimes coaches become so old, it's almost like they just lose it. You know, like I had a coach. Well, you saw Paterno and well, Bowden late. I, I had a personal experience of this when I was at BYU. We had yeah. a coach that he was like in his late seventies, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget it was last year at BYU. And so we're running in practice, like, you know, we're practicing our blitzes. And there's a certain, and I was playing defensive end. There's certain blitzes, they call it a pill coverage, which means like if you're blitzing and your linebackers are all blitzing and the running back flares out of the backfield, the defensive end or the outside rusher has to then cover him. They call it, it's like a peeling, like peeling a banana. Right. And so all of a sudden we had this coverage in to where instead of peeling, we all rushed. And the guy who ended up taking that peeling kind of responsibility was an off the field safety. And so we run in there, and you know, we and sure enough, the back goes out, and nobody goes and covers him, but the safety does, and our coach flips out, and he starts chewing us all out that we're not running the plays, blah 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 blah, and finally, like the defensive line coach pipes in and goes, "Hey, coach, uh, that's that's exactly what they're supposed to do on the play." You know, like ten minutes later, and you're I'm blaming just, this on the fact that the guy's old. Well, then he's looking at his paper. He's like, "Oh, well, hell, man, this is how he talks." He's like, "Well, hell, oh, mm-hmm. you guys, you guys are right. Well, carry on." I was Where like, is he now? He's nowhere. He's retired. He retired. Well, they fired him. His best response when they like let him go at BYU is he's like, "Well, hell, guess looks like I'm going fishing." Yeah, but again, <laughs> but again, if you were looking at Spurrier, <laughs> at like Florida, he Get knows Florida. He is Florida. I mean, he knows how to win at Florida. Right? Yeah, back in the mid '90s, this is the new <laughs> era, man. He could find another Rex Gross. I mean, this is what I my gut is in yeah. this dirty world of college football mm. and just college sports in general. You you got to be willing to pay. You either got to be willing to pay or you got to be able to be willing to have a scheme that can maximize talent of guys that aren't the most talented guys. He made guys. Danny Werfel a Heisman Trophy winner. His, his scheme's so outdated, though. I mean, it's so outdated that when he was in South Carolina, the guy went to like a two-back running offense. But he wanted South Carolina. It's okay. okay. He didn't win as much as the, the McLuhan's winning at Florida. It was like the same. You're, McElwain? It's a, it's a, McElwain, excuse yes. me. McElwain. He is literally... It's taking like you're actually going backwards, even though it's lateral. I mean, McIlwain has a far more upside. Miami held on for the 24-19 win. Wow, Mark Richt, feeling good, <sighs> feeling good. Surviving taking that right big there. deep breath right there. By the way, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save fifty percent or more on your car insurance at Geico. Go to Geico.com or call eight hundred nine four seven Auto. The only hard part. Figuring out which way is easier, Penn State, Ohio State, they're getting ready to kick this thing off. By the way, obviously Penn State is an underdog at Ohio State. Vegas money pouring in on the Nittany Lions. <laughs> Everybody. What's the, well, what's the what's the point differential there? You got it? I don't know what the uh, line is. What is the so line? Ohio State? State's what? Like minus, I bet you it's le- got to be less than seven. Oh, absolutely. Got to be like minus five. Or- Let's see here. The line is... <laughs> Where are the gamblers around here? Rob, what do you got? What is the line here? Anybody? Isn't it at seven? Oh, it, it is at seven, huh? It is seven. Wow. Okay, so it seems like a down. big number, doesn't it? It is. I mean, I thought it'd be like three. Because there's no, I mean, I don't know. I just. Uh, actually, I, oof, five and a half. I see five and a half. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe, maybe five and a half. Maybe to, maybe, you know how sometimes they adjust before game time or more information comes out or whatever. But, yeah, the shoe is rocking right now. You got everybody jumping up and down, mm. ready to go. Oh, I love it. There's nothing I, better. Nothing uh, yeah, better in football. My, you know what my gut is today, yeah. though? I'm going to see if my gut is just I'm hungry or if it's true. I, I have a feeling the, the, the Penn State's going to control this game from the beginning to the end. Well, here's Barkley on the Ohio opening State. kickoff. I love the fact that Barkley returns kicks. I love that. I love to see great backs like Barkley still returning kicks. 
Oh, I mean, I Barry Sandin, there he goes. Here he goes. Opening kickoff. Oh, boy. He's off he's to the races. It. Oh, my goodness. He's off to the races. Don't let the kicker. God. Oh, my God. goodness. Barkley just returned the <laughs> kickoff for a touchdown open the game at Ohio State. Oh, my he is goodness. Is that it for the Heisman? Uh, is that it for the Heisman? That should uh, that should get him closer to sealing the deal. How is about that? that? Barkley returns the opening kickoff for a t- Urban Meyer's like, who's fired? Well, no, I mean, the, the problem is is that, that was if so easy. It was actually a perfectly kicked ball. You go on to kick it to either corner. Right. He kicked it and left. The problem is, though, is you have as, as, a, as a coverage team, you have to converge to basically, like, keep him in that corner. They didn't do that. Their coverage team had space on the backside to where he could cut it back the whole field because what everybody's doing, when you're running down a kickoff, everybody's running, you're veering your lane towards the ball. And so, basically, you can half of the, the kickoff team was on – the left half of the field, the right that half is unbelievable. Was and you can't do about, that. You're talking about a crowd, right? You got Ohio State, oh gosh, 80,000 yeah. plus screaming, Woo! Opening kickoff, Saquon Barkley touchdown. Yeah, when I saw the kicker there as the last line of defense to tackle him, I was like, it's a touchdown. Good night. <laughs> all right, so uh, the, the, so here it is. I mean, it, the replay shows it. So they kicked it to all, the left look side. Look at all the guys on the left side of the field. There's nobody back he on the right side. He was never touched. Not touched once. Not once. But if you're going to converge, you have to create basically a wall to keep him on the left side because the kicker did a nice job of directionally kicking it. That's what you have to do. The next step is this. From a kicker, you have to squib it, meaning you kick it on the ground, kick it to one of the big boys up front that can't run, and uh, you you live with the ball being placed on the 35-yard line. A lot better than giving up a big touchdown that's a momentum killer for your team and a momentum generator from your for your opponents. Holy mackerel. This Barkley kid. He is he is special, huh? He is. I like this guy. He is. He's my kind of guy. He's like a, Well, he does everything. He's Christian he also, McCaffrey, man. He also leads the nation in receiving yards by he's a running Christian back. Christian McCaffrey. I love it. And yet only three games rushing over 100 yards this year. He's had actually more games where he's had less than 100 yards rushing, but he leads the nation in all-purpose yards. As I said, you got that kind of talent. Use him on kickoffs. Boom. Yeah, beautiful. Right there. Wow. Yeah. What a what is, start. What is Saquon? Is he a junior? I believe so, yeah. If he is, he's gone. Go oh, to yeah. the NFL. No, no, no. Do not well, waste your body away. Look, there for free. are there are some people, man. I would in draft NFL him circles that 10. say he is the best running back. Period. Yeah, in football. In I've football, heard, I've heard yeah, that not, from not a just, couple of sources. He's which, better than any running back currently in the that's, NFL. That's a huge stretch. But I would pick him top ten, no question. Yeah, I, he's I, a junior. If he was, if if it was number one, I would consider it. Like I did last year with Christian McCaffrey, I'd have to, I'd have to see a little bit more of him. But it's interesting though; he's not for yards, rushes from scrimmage. He's actually not where he was a year ago. But look at the receiving yards this guy has, plus yeah. the kickoff returns and everything else. There, there's, a, I mean, if Penn State wins this game, there's your Heisman moment right there. Oh, I mean, no that's question. it. I mean, on the road against Ohio State, open the game, kickoff return for no. a touchdown. Let me Love ask it. you this, Steve: yeah. if he'd have gone down and pulled a who is that? Oh. Howard yeah. with Michigan. Right. What's this? Desmond Howard with Desmond Michigan. Desmond Howard in Michigan, yes. And would have hit the pose. Hit the pose. Like that immediately sell you. Oh, it's done. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> Desmond Howard that year was a, was a no-brainer. It was a no-brainer. Yeah, he was pretty dumb. I mean, it was it was he had one of those magic good. You know, Desmond as a wide receiver return guy had at least two touchdowns in every game. Jeez. Two. He had 23 touchdowns that year. Two in every game. Yeah. Who's that was that, that was that was uh, Detmer's senior. That's right. Demmer finished third in the Heisman as a senior the year after winning the Heisman. Trip. That's right. Casey Weldon, Florida State quarterback, was a running back. You know now, who was number seven? You know who the best player? No, well, 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 but, uh, this we gotta, I got to get it. Who's, yeah, yeah. who's number seven? Number seven? I'll tell you who it was. Jeff Blake. Thank you. Quarterback, <laughs> East Carolina. Man, Jeff Blake, who ended up playing for the Cincinnati Bengals? 
Uh, didn't he play with the Jets as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how about that? He, he, he was good at Aris, East okay, who Carolina. Is, who is number – who is top ten? So give it to us. <laughs> give it to me now. Please. All right. All I, gotta, right, I, all I, right. Love, I love your, your okay. recall. So, your, your so, photogenic uh, memory yeah. is phenomenal. Desmond Howard wins in a runaway. Okay. And then you had Casey Weldon, Florida State quarterback, second. Third yep. was uh, Ty Detmer. Fourth was Steve Entman. Dominant. You remember undefeated Washington? Yeah, and then he gets drafted number one overall to the Colts, and it was terrible. Right. Yes. And then you had uh, Shane Matthews, the quarterback at uh, Florida. Okay. Who Played was, some that in the was, NFL. That was the first breakout year for a Florida quarterback under Steve Spurrier. Really? Oh, yes. how about that? Okay. Uh, then you had Von Dunbar, running back out of Indiana. Von Dunbar. Now you're starting to dig deep. Yeah. yeah. This is impressive. Uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, let's see. I, I can only I, – I, let's see. I know Jeff Blake was number seven. I know that number 10 was Bucky Richardson, the quarterback oh, yeah. out of Texas A&M. I remember Bucky. Bucky Richardson. So there's two oh, in there. I'll tell you also, uh, Terrell Buckley. Really? At Florida State, uh, I believe was eighth or ninth, eighth. And then, uh, now, oh, he was eighth, and number nine was Marshall Falk, his freshman year really? at San Diego State. Now let's let's look it up later. Let's. I That's have, impressive. All right, let me let wow. me just let me just take a look. If if you got that right, that right, here it is. I mean, you are superhuman. All right, so let's see if we did that right. We're gonna find out during the break. Did right. they even like list this anymore? Oh, no, they have a top ten there. Okay, uh, well let's see at the break here. All right, here we go, right there, and here's the Heisman voting, 1991. And there it is. So you have Howard, Weldon, Detmer, Matthews, Dunbar, Blake, Buckley, Falk, Richardson. There it he did is. It. There I did it. 1991. Okay, you need to be on Superhumans. That show happens every is so there, often on National Geographic. Look at that right there. Yeah, you did it. I mean, this is so. I mean, is there anybody in the world going to do that? No. You should be. You need to go with the Guinness Book of World Record, yeah. and they need to like have somebody there, there to qualify. It is right that there. is phenomenal. All right, wow. we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll continue to amaze. Uh, <laughs> coming up next. <laughs> All right, Harbin of Apinga. Great news. Quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15 percent or more on your car insurance. Want to thank the crew, Nick. Very Hello. confident that the Chargers pull the upset tomorrow in Foxborough. Steve. You you convinced me last week because I was at the Bronco game. I told you they dominate you the did. Broncos. You did, and you know what? They're they're gonna probably win in Foxborough next week. They're gonna beat Brady, and guess what? They're gonna lose to the Browns at the end of the road and miss the playoffs. Uh, well, they see they got a Chargers. San Diego mentality. Stop right. it! Stop setting yourself up for failure. Exactly. And just you sell out. Hey, Twenty years dig later, into the I'm used team. to it. No, don't do that. Just just don't be afraid of disappointment, man. Have pure optimism and hope your team turns out. Okay. David, I want to Every thank you for the updates today, David. Of course, David, looking for that team handball opportunity. If it's available, <laughs> it's on his bucket list. Okay. Uh, hey. And, of course, Rob doing a great job producing today, yeah, yeah. as he so often does. All right, so Penn State is jumping all over Ohio State. So apparently State. I'm not hungry. Apparently my gut is right. 14 Look, to nothing, and it's like a blink of an eye. Look at that. So Ohio State at home and – it's 14 nothing. They're two minutes into the game. Two minutes. Well, the good thing is Ohio State has enough time to respond and get back into it, which I would anticipate that's going to happen. It's still going to be a close game, I'm thinking. By the way, in this game, you're like, Barkley has one carry for negative four yards. Well, that's what happens when you're, you know, you run a touchdown back, so your yeah. offense doesn't have a chance to go on the field, and then you get a turnover on your opposing team's 20-yard line. Yes. Or 10, I don't remember what was that exactly, but pretty much like point-blank range to score a touchdown. You're not going to have a lot of offensive statistics to show for. <laughs> How about this okay? play? How about this play? This is my favorite stat. JT Barrett, the Ohio State quarterback, is one-for-one one passing for negative 21 yards. 
Dang, what? Yes, their leading receiver has one catch for negative 21 yards. I didn't catch that play. I must have died. <laughs> Man, what happened there? Have you ever seen that before? Uh, I've never see. seen a pass for negative, more than negative five yards, but negative 20? What the? So what happened <laughs> on that play was apparently it was a pass that got fumbled backwards and there was a fumble, and then they they count that part of the reception. Oh, I get you. I so, get you. So yeah. they caught it. The ball was fumbled. And they and went back. Ba- yeah. Okay, okay. That's how Penn State ended up with the ball. I, some weird stats in this game already. The weirdest stat, though, Penn State 14-0, uh, three and a half minutes into the game. Well, let me tell you this. Penn State knows how to start fast. They are outscoring their opponents in the first quarter this year, 104-0. All right, now they've changed that stat. Now it's buried one for one for five yards. So originally they said negative twenty one yards. You know, oh, you know okay. the pass was for five. The yeah. fumble doesn't count on the pass. I was going to say something was wrong. I, with I've that never stat. heard of that one, but hey, no. I don't. I don't do stats, so I couldn't no. tell you. All right, so Ohio State, plenty of time to get back in this game, but uh, they've got to be in a state of shock. I know the crowd's in a state of shock right now. That's how you do it. If you're Penn State, get in there, get that crowd out of it quick. Because the worst thing is it's almost like the big pinwheel effect, man. You get that crowd going and going and going. It's tough to stop. Now, one one story that we will not be able to complete before we're gone is what's going to go on tonight as far as the World Series. Now, from all uh, signs, Alex Wood is going to start for the Dodgers. Uh, game four, Dodgers down two games to one to the Astros. Dodgers Would win. you have rolled the dice on Clayton Kershaw nah, in game four? Because you're showing already desperation when you don't need to. Stay stay the course, be calm, save him for the latter part of the series if you need him to come All in there right, on so, short rest. But you understand, if, let, let, win or lose tonight, game five tomorrow with Kershaw is a pivotal game. Either it's, you know, yeah. you're in a 2-2 series but or I, you're fighting to even stay alive. But I, I'm the Dodgers and Woods my pitcher. I still believe we're going to win the game, and I want to send that message to everybody. If all of a sudden well, I what do you do our, for a game seven? What if it gets to a game seven? Like Kershaw, I told you, man. Two days rest? So what? That's, uh, but he's not going to be effective on two days rest. Oh, he will. He'll be dominant. Really? Yes. Well, this is not like the this old a, Sandy this Koufax is sealing his. This is sealing his legacy, it Steve. Would, it would seal his de- No, So it means would. more to him than anything, and he'll go out there with a sore arm. By he the way, care. He's got all offseason to, to rest it up. A lot of guys did this, by the way. Back in the days, Mickey Lola to the Tigers, two days rest, won a game seven, complete game back See, in 68. Bumgarner's like you the know, last Kofax one. Wasn't was Bumgarner like back-to-back? Yeah, but he didn't start. He came out of the bullpen and threw all those though man yeah. that's like a grinder right so if he's gonna do it i mean bumgarner still has like more you could say impressive well he won three world series i mean that's a big kershaw oh, no doubt you know what i mean even In though he had that matter motorcycle accident this year unfortunately well that killed the giants yeah i mean you get your best player all of a sudden gone and mm. down and out because he's out there red motorcycle it was just it was one of those throwaway years you, yeah. you, you get a throwaway year when you have three world series under your belt yeah and you get that clout you yeah know? you, you get, get a little that, world series you got that equity now. Floating around, but no, I mean, if he's seen he's seen Bumgarner do that, you know, to a degree, he's going to want to do it too. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into desperation mode as of yet. Wow, stick with your uh, I tell you what, it's desperation mode for Ohio State right now. They have fourth down, and they are Three going over. Oh, Penn out. State is absolutely dominating this game. Could Penn State, legit. If Penn State wins this game, do they take away some first place votes in the uh, poll from Alabama? Absolutely. They should. Especially if this is one of those kind of 42 to 14 kind of dominant victories. you got to give it to All them. All right. What's more likely, they'll win or BYU? <laughs> <laughs>
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 